Conspiracies and high paranoia Here comes another show for ya They're the kings of America They're the kings of America Everybody listen to Darren and Graham Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with uh, Marty, the one-night party Hanson, a little bit later. Uh, but first, as always, Graham, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? What are you insinuating? I don't know ever what to say with, with these comments. I was just saying this morning you were Gwumpy Gwam. Hardly for like two minutes. I know. Oh my God. I can tell right away though, and I like to call you on it and exploit it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Jeez, isn't sure, it? I wasn't at my best all day today. Did I cheer you up though? Yeah, See? I think so. So you should be happy. You should be happy that I kick you when you're down because it makes you laugh. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I was driving the grump truck. <laughs> That's a good one too. <laughs> Well, I can't say that I blame you, but we'll get into that, so, of course, a little bit later. Yeah, I'm, I'm ex excited for people to hear this chat with Marty, because it was really, it was one of my favorites, actually. Being in, in studio. studio with the guy. Yeah, Marty was great. I'm talking about all this fitness stuff, but spirituality as well. So like, he's a professional coach. Uh, he's coached a lot of like high-level athletes, and now he does his own personal training. And he really gets to the, I don't know, man, the physical, emotional, and spiritual part of, of people. It's uh, it's interesting. So it's like a holistic, He's not your holistic trainer, approach. Is he? No, okay. no, no. I thought about going to him a couple of years ago, and then I and then I kind of skipped my mind. And when I joined that gym, I went to somebody else. You're gonna go to him before Grand America? No, uh, no. After we started, but it was quite a while ago. Okay. But now I, I went and joined that gym, and then ended up getting sucked into somebody there. Gotta be a better way to say that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Marty was great. How are the short people we had here that night? Then we stayed up till midnight for no reason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I missed my Seaside event. That's right. That's okay, though. It was all right. Hanging out in the studio. Yeah, it was good. Then we got another one this Saturday. Uh, and we have another we have one in the same studio. one, actually, this Saturday. And we have another in-studio chat next Tuesday. Really? Yeah, with Jessua and Psychedelics. Ooh, that's a good, that'll be a fun one. And he's like very articulated about it, and he's doing some stuff that we've never even heard of. So that'll be pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, cool. I can't. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think your wife actually wanted us to have him on. We started the show, and then two years later, I I saw him at that event. Oh, that's right. Didn't she have his book or yeah. something? Yeah, she knows him somehow. Yeah, somehow through Shauna, I think. Yeah, somehow there's a crazy connection with Jessel. Yeah, I forgot. I should tell her then. She knows. She told she, us the other day. <laughs> that he's coming here? Oh, no. That that we were going to have him on. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't know when he's coming. Yeah. Unless she's checking on her backstage link. I doubt that. But anyway, I think, I don't know if they know each other or not, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Because I think he used to like eat LSD and shit and YouTube it, didn't he? Uh, maybe LSD or maybe it was something else. I think it was something else. I'm looking forward to it either way. Uh, right on. So, how you been? Uh, not too bad. Yeah, pretty good. Should we get into this shit now or later? 
Uh, it's up to you, man. If you want to do some feedback and some stuff like that. I would have quote. All right, I'll do the this uh, UFO quote of the week here. I was looking for an appropriate one, but so we had conflict. No, see, I better start over. Jesus. Maybe I was still on the grump truck. Still on the grump truck. We had contact with an unidentified flying object that had entered our airspace. The order was given by Admiral Train to get this object forced down out of the sky, if at all possible, by whatever means possible. Two gentlemen began to question me about this event. They were being pretty rough. I remember literally putting my hands up and saying, wait a minute, fellas, I'm on your side. My logbook, I never did see that again. That's U.S. Navy Atlantic Command, Merle Shane McDowell. Shane McDowell? Yeah. Good one. You always manage to pull it off. Well, let me, let me stick with that theme then and, and talk to, uh, do you want to do a jingle? Oh, do we have a jingle for like a, um, a listener's uh, UFO quote? A listener's mm-hmm. UFO quote. Well, I could have played that song, but I don't have it on here ready to go. So let's just go with. Is it real or a dream? What does that even mean? So this is uh, actually, I think it's from one of our YouTube tube comments. A YouTubian that's a YouTube-ian. not trolling? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, this is in response to Kevin's, uh, our episode with Kevin Estrella. Estrella? This is uh, from Natalois. And she, actually, I don't know if it's a she or not. It could be a he, too. That's the problem with these. It? I have had a UFO sighting. They, how was, about they? They, sure. I have had a UFO sighting that was almost exactly the same as this week's guest, Kevin. I was on holiday. Oh, it's a guy then. I was on holiday with the wife and kids at a caravan park. You don't know that. <laughs> True. <laughs> we were making love, and I decided to get up and have a mid-shag cigarette. Now, that's got to be some sex life if, you, if you're going long enough to like have a mid-shag cigarette. Oh, well, <laughs> depends what kind of... What kind of cigarette? Or, or what, what kind, kind of, of night you're having. True. Could be whiskey involved. Or cocaine. <laughs> it was around 12 midnight and the sky was clear as a bell with no streetlights. I said to the wife that if there was ever a good night to see a, v- a UFO, tonight was the night. A few minutes later, a UFO came into view above some nearby trees and slowly flew almost right above us. It was around the size of a frisbee that had been thrown from an upstairs window. Red and orange, swirls with fingers of light coming from its rear end. But it was flat, like Kevin says, two-dimensional. Like the beam from a torch being shone on a wall. The sighting lasted about a minute or two. The next morning, I remembered we had seen a UFO and was telling the kids. The wife says, that wasn't a UFO. (laughs) I went on to ask, was it a plane, helicopter, balloon, bird, Superman? She said it was one. She said it was none of those, but declared it was definitely not a UFO. Needless to say, she is a non-believer, and we are now divorced. <laughs> the story, the story of human history, is in the books of Chris Thomas, who can read the Akashic records. 
In his books, he states, 1959, first moon landing. A base was soon established, ran by the U.S., Russians, and the ETs. There was already a human colony on Mars before the solar system disastered 3.9 million years ago. So, yes to pyramids and structures on Mars. <laughs> Thanks for the, the comment. Huh. That was a doozy. Yeah. So they divorced over a UFO? No, oh. that's just, that was probably like a sign. Too much whiskey and cocaine. <laughs> 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 and she didn't see. She didn't believe in the UFO. Yeah, that's a, that's a three. Uh, it's funny how she wouldn't say what it was, but it's not a UFO. Well, what is it then? If you don't know what it is, then it is technically a UFO. Oh God, you people in your. So can I continue on this UFO. Uh, this mood uh, moon thing, and some moon? response to, and response to uh, to Kevin's episode? Sure. This is from Carl. I think you've been tweeting back Carl. and forth with him. Carl. Yeah. Carl Joe. Yeah. Two, three, four. Yeah, Carl Joe. But there's a podcast. Oh, the podcast is one, three, four. Oh, Carl Joe, one, three, four. No, that's our podcast number. He says, great stuff again, guys. Far too many people I've followed the last few years are saying the same thing. There are a ton of photos from the 60s and 70s space missions that feature what is nothing short of editing out things for the public. Richard Hoagland and Mike Barr have been on this for a bit now, and they constantly get sidelined. I'm sure Kevin provided you guys with some links, but I wanted to drop a few that I poked around. The first is a community sort of project restoring some film photo reels that have been buried to hide them. But a group of people operating out of an old McDonald's restaurant took tons of crazy photos, just chock full of blurring things out. Bitch schlocky of a main site, but the links made up for it. So I'm going to, I'm going to copy these links and put them in the show notes for people if they want to look. Nice work. Um, okay, now I want to say... Oh, yeah, and then we'll continue to put our a, uh, our timestamp in the show notes because that convinced someone to switch their rating from a three-star to a five-star. Wow. Three-star? No, he was a one-star. Oh, no, he was no, a three-star. he was star. a three. Thanks, buddy. That's yeah, awesome. He went back and changed it to five. And now he can skip right past all this he's not even listening to this, so fuck him. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe it actually shifted it and now he listens because we didn't maybe. listen to him so anyways so he says okay now I want to say what I'm saying next is not this next site is not academic on its own merit but there, there's a reason it has a good following on Twitter some Bible thump and National Enquirer style stuff there's also some solid links though this article has a transcript script of what Kevin was talking about being watched from a crater on the moon in the early Apollo missions I totally want to find a soloed link to the audio or something like it. Just follow the links and videos. And then one more link someone sent him recently. So I agree. I think I've heard that audio transmission somewhere before about the um, the moon, but maybe it was dubbed into an orb song or something like that. Yeah, I don't think you have. No, I don't think you have. Well, we could ask uh, our buddy Weston. Yeah. I think he's on his way to fucking... Guatemala or something. He's moving to Guatemala. And then he said he's going to make us a new intro song. Oh, sweet. I agree with Estrella when he says that we did go to the moon, but there's just too much evidence that they staged some shit. And that's what they showed us. What really happened is that they've tried so hard to hide. My feeling is if there's nothing there to see, no aliens, no Anunnaki, yada, yada, then why hide it? Why edit it? 
I know he had to top it off. Look for Kubrick's Odyssey. I've seen part one and two. It's just like that video on funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Anyways, didn't intend such a long email. This topic is a deep one. Entirely too, too many anomalies on the moon and Mars to ignore. You guys totally rock. Keep it up, my niggas. That's from Carl Joe. Thanks, oh, Carl Joe. And Joe. which one of you didn't know Kraftwerk? <laughs> really? What's, that was Darren. What's Kraftwerk? It's that. <laughs> that proves it. <laughs> it's that electronic band from the uh, uh, way back when. They're playing in Calgary tomorrow night. Are they? Yeah, are you going to see like them? I, no, I dropped the ball. Why? Well, they sold out. They sell out. No, I've just got too many things going on tomorrow night to bail. Oh, maybe. Fuck, maybe it's one of those things I could just go later on. Like, I wonder if somebody's opening for them and all, and I don't have to be there at eight. No, yeah, you wouldn't have to be there till probably nine. So there's some of their songs they're going to be playing from the 70s, like electronic music from the 70s. Jesus, what's that like? It's pretty robotic. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Well, thanks for the email, Carl. Sorry, Graham fucking had to read it from the grump truck. <laughs> Yeah, so um, what else do I got here? What do you got? What do you got? Well, there's some people have also commented on uh, Chris Keller's healing and stuff. And uh, there's a link here I want to talk about. Evan, Evan, actually, Evan's been tweeting too, I think, and emailing. Actually, he's been blogging, I think. Yeah, that's right. Has he? Am I right about that? I think that's the 9-11 blog, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, it is, yeah. He said, tuned in my, to my first live Gramerica Tuesday night. Good show. I hope Chris Keller really was able to help your girlfriend. Couldn't stay for the whole thing, but just look forward to hearing the rest. Keller's the latest in a handful of energy healers you've had. Fascinated that they all have different methods. And I did some web surfing, and I found... Surfing, and I found... Surfing? And I found a free archive of a journal called Subtle Energies and Energy Medicine. Thought you might dig it. So I'm going to put that in the uh, in the show notes as well. Thanks, Evan. No. <clears throat> what? Uh, I was just seeing if there was a definition for serping, but no. there's not. Yeah, you don't have to. Oh, here we go. A sucking burp. <laughs> oh, I've done that before. Here, there you go. You were serping. <laughs> it's like a hiccup burp. I call it a hiccup burp. Dang, girl, that was one hell of a serp. Did it hurt? <laughs> well, that's like an inward hiccup. Yeah, I, I do a hiccup burp thing. An ink up. Yeah. Um, speaking of blogs, can I read a little excerpt? An ink from- up can be two things. It can be really small boobies. A what? Or an in inward hiccup. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, touch on some blogs. There's been a bunch of blogs flying up lately. Yeah, this is from uh, Matt in Altruzian Grace, right? Same guy, right? Word. Word. This is his, uh, I loved his blog about waking up. He had part one and and part two. So I was going to read a little excerpt, if you don't mind. kind of resonates with me. He goes through, like, the stages of waking up. Like, first there's, like, denial, and there's acceptance, and then there's, like, action or something like that. It's pretty interesting. But I got a couple paragraphs here. So he says, those, oh, man, bad starts. There are those who declare themselves awake. This term of, as a finality in one's existence or growth must be abandoned and rebranded into a verb form instead of a means to describe one's state. Awakening. We are in the process of awakening. The eyes of individuals may be 
opening and each day that greets us each day that greets us allows for them to open a little more each new discovery or revelation is a finite point a capstone on a succession of pyramids of one's awakening like the all-seeing eye an illuminated window shining into the soul beneath is a structure of hard evidence spiritual desires and personal interpretations creating the singularity of a truth that truth then becomes one of many and as well a foundation block to the greater mystery together they unite the split dualistic manufactured identity of the modern human condition in other words we are made whole again we may be labeled as with derogatory terms such as conspiracy theorists wearers of tinfoil hats nut jobs wackos and a multitude of other words used to push us to the fringes of our social groups we've become ostracized in such a way so that we can be packaged into a tiny subculture easily used for media amusements or established agendas they will ridicule us and provoke us into becoming reactionary they will polarize us through blatant displays of corruption greed and injustice our job is to be vigilant and take note of the propaganda that is pushed on us realize the farce of politics as a system of slave management and recognize our economic and monetary system for the invisible debt prison it has become how easily we have embraced these systems and now regard them as necessary and integral to our existence waking up is a process of acknowledgement and shedding of these systems the three main nodes a person encounters with this process are denial, acceptance, and action. That is pretty good. It's good, eh? I, it totally resonates with me. Like, I wonder, like, I can't, I can't go back, right? Now that you've kind of, like, I'm realizing what a fucking force we are living of, in. Maybe I, you just need a bunch of fluoride. Yeah, maybe, maybe, eh? Just dull that pineal just gland right a, down. Eat a right? fucking just, tube just of clog toothpaste. up that pineal gland, <laughs> calcify it. Eat a bunch of toothpaste, <laughs> tube of toothpaste. You should put one in a fucking, you know what we should sell? We'll put one in fucking, you know how you can get like the break glass in case of emergency? We'll put a tube of toothpaste <laughs> in there and call it a fucking going back to sleep kit. If you can't get to the action stage of your awakening, just take this. <laughs> yeah, take take this the tube. blue pill, yeah. You know, no, it's hard, man, because you talk to people about the economic system and how we're debt slaves and all that, and they just, they look at you and they just don't get it, right? So, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I want to look into these vile vortices. Kyle watched a documentary the other day. He said it was pretty cool. On what? Vile vortices? Yeah. What that's is like that? the Bermuda Triangle supposed to be one of them. And he watched this documentary where this dude was fucking there and the guys were like, fuck, we're out of here. And they were leaving videotaping them fucking, he ended up dying. He blew himself up. The thing they were on fucking exploded while they were doing something in the triangle. Wow. So I want to watch it. And I'm, I'm not sure if he was watching a movie or maybe Kyle was watching a docudrama or something and he didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> was it vile as in like vile? Like, uh, I don't know. I haven't, I know nothing about it. Nothing. I've never heard of it before. Mm. But it seems, it's like I Googled it. It's a thing. And the Bermuda Triangle is supposed to be one of them. There's 12 of them or something. The Devil's Triangle is one. Mm -hmm. Oh, by Japan. <clears throat> Jesus. I wonder if like uh, that e e Iseti Ranch is one or like that other um, property, the Gilligan, Gilligan, Gilligan Ranch. I wonder if that's another one where there's all that anomalous activity or like the brown, like in the brown mountain yeah, lights yeah like stuff like that maybe not like just areas where there's lights but where there's crazy activity 
Uh, how about... Oh, these jingles are both so good, I never know which one to play. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. You know, I haven't heard from Gitmo in a while. I hope everything's okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard from Pat O in a while either. Pat O, yeah. I hope he's doing okay. He's still a subscriber. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I miss those guys. And yeah. uh, the other Jared. Both Jared. Grace, I was talking to him the other day. Was I talking to him on the phone? I can't remember. I was texting with him for sure. But we pick up new friends along the way. Yeah, well, it's not like the old ones are gone. They're just MIA. So the synchronicity it's a touch jingle. base, motherfuckers. A synchronicity jingle was that um, the Twitter one? Yeah, I was gonna say I was yeah. I was gonna say it. Oh fuck yeah, I beat you to it. Okay, you want me to read it then? Yeah, you read ten. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That was it's a, pretty that, cool. That was a fun experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I've already rated it though. So it's from me. I am. It's at Coffee Major on Twitter. He says, hashtag synchronicity, listening to David Matheson on Grimerica again. When he said Moai, I saw this while driving, and it's a picture of a little Moai in someone's front yard. So so who asked you to rate that? No, but uh, RPJ. Oh. RPJ said, uh, well, Darren, and I gave it a 5.42. That must have brought up some controversy. Yep, RPJ said, dialed the numbers with your middle finger, didn't you? <laughs> I, know, I didn't really get that. So I punched in 5.42, cause I'm yeah. saying, fuck you. Why? He thinks I'm a disgracing coffee major, I think is what he's getting at. Huh. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's worth more than that. I need to know, I need more information. Where do you see a Moai on the road? Nowhere. But uh, was it five minutes later? Was it? No, it was happening later? when it you, said. What it, are it you saying that? You're because now, you're just telling the story. He said it in there. He says they said the word Moai, and I turned and I lo- and there's a Moai there. That means it happened like instantaneously. Okay, well, maybe Coffee Major can give us a uh, update, a full description, a full description. It? Send it to Graham, and I will re-rate it. Actually, Matheson was piping in on that tweet, wasn't he? Um, Matheson said if the Moai would have said gum gum, <laughs> then it would have been a 10. <laughs> Good old Dave. And then, and then I think, uh, Rennie, Rennie from, uh, One Great Year. That was something different to, about him. No. Yeah, that was about, that was about an older tweet, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't no. that about the, uh, yeah, that was about the fucking, he was writing a part of the book when he ran into that link or something. Oh, because you know what? The, oh, maybe. People are tweeting about shirts, too. Well, I'm trying to get them made here. For real. And then... And uh, now that we're not going to Paradigm, I'll have some extra ones to give out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Paradigm is uh, canceled or postponed, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't... Do you want to, we should get, get into it. that right now. I th- why don't we save that for the outro? Well, wait, wait, let's talk about it now and mention it, but let's save our thoughts on it for the outro. Or I don't know. Why, do you, why is that? Why all of a sudden the change? Uh, I don't know. Because we're running out of time. Mainly. No, we got, we got time. Okay. Yeah. 
because I still wanted to get into what else was there to get into. I wanted to get into if people head over to the Grimerica Google Plus page, which is run by our buddy Graham Gainsford over in uh, Gitmo East. I got to update my profile on there. So um, he's put up a a poll on which Grimerican looks the be- would look the best in short shorts. Well, fuck, we know the answer to that already. <laughs> right now, RPJ is winning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll send you the link for that so you can put it into the show notes and people can go and... You're wearing your short shorts right now, aren't you? No, just wearing my normal shorts. They're not short. You should see the guys in the gym. Now okay. that's short shorts. <laughs> okay. He's defending himself. So... So do you want to get into this a little bit? The short shorts? No, the... the paradigm? Postponement and paradigm. So here here we are. We don't Wait, have Wait, one more thing. Okay. Check out... Uh, what's that fucking YouTube channel now? Uh, uh, do you remember? Uh, what do you have it handy? For the theory of everything? Oh, the theory of everything, yeah. Wow, one of our longtime listeners. Craig yeah, Flowers. Craig Flowers, yeah. He tried to get me into that before, and I, it totally slipped my mind, but... I watched it today. It's worth checking out. Um, I'd love to see him do a... Uh, it'd be worth doing a... Cleaning that up and really hammering out the the uh, the presentation yeah. with some slides and stuff because def- he's definitely onto a few things that fucking were pretty cool, but uh, I'd love to see it a little more polished. That being said, where the fuck's the link? Can I read his YouTube comment? I'm going to put the link sure. in the show notes. To the video? Yeah. Okay. So... He says, every once in a while, I go to my favorite people and beg them to watch my theory of everything. And yet, after years of effort, I'm pretty sure that not one solitary person has actually given it a chance. <laughs> Worse, my two heroes, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, won't respond to me. And he's got heartbroken in brackets. <laughs> Give it a chance. Check my name on my new YouTube channel as a video of the theory of everything. Is there anything worse to ignore than the theory of everything? And then he says, to be fair, Harriman is my third hero, and he won't respond either. <laughs> I can see why Harriman is his, one of his heroes, because he, his presentation very fits along. From what I saw of it, I only saw a couple minutes, but it seems to fit along what Nassim Harriman is saying as well. Yeah. So I'll link to that. Yeah, absolutely. He's got some cool songs on there. Yeah, I thanks, Craig. Craig? Craig, we'll 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 help by uh, you you push your little yeah we'll spread through of everything. Maybe we can get you a, a presentation at Paradigm. <laughs> that was a bad segue. Yeah, there you go. In May. So here we are, not taking any you know advertisements, going value for value, not even like having any sponsors or anything like that. The only thing we have been plugging and talking about is the Paradigm Symposium. I was making the UFO look like it was coming out of the mist. Because uh, we go there every year, and it's... And we wanted to meet a bunch of you guys there. Yeah, exactly. So, But um, we can't, because it's been postponed. Yeah, and uh, obviously there's some controversy out there right now about the way it was postponed so close to the event. Um, I know... I know I've gotten some emails already and some texts from people that, you know, are a little upset because, I mean, they're not upset with us, but they're just venting because people are out playing tickets and it's a pain in the ass. Well, then they're also out out the ticket. If they can't go in May or June when it's supposed to be postponed till, then they're out the tickets for the show too. So apparently they're not getting their money refunded. Yeah, hopefully that changes because that really kind of 
doesn't well, pisses uh, me off. Yeah, it doesn't seem right to me because I know there's listeners. There's you know listeners of ours that are are kind of out. You know, five hundred or a thousand bucks altogether. Yeah. And then uh, and with, I mean not to just listeners, people that are pretty close in our circle that you know help us out along the way and yeah. And it kind of feels shitty when something we were telling you guys is uh, pretty cool and worth checking out. Kind of bites you in the ass. Yeah. This is why we don't do ads. Well, it's because we'd be getting bit in the ass all the time. Hey, bro, I bought the, I bought the square space. It fucking sucked. <laughs> no, that's not the main reason why we don't do ads, but... What's the main reason? I fucking hate ads. There you go. <laughs> and that's about as far as that. Yeah, so we're sorry to everybody if they did um, invest in that event. Absolutely. And so we won't do any advertisements anymore, I don't think. Or at least not for now. We're not going to plug any conferences well, I, or anything. Hey, if I'm going somewhere, I'm yeah. plugging it. Like well, I went to the different. Modern Knowledge event or like Once I'm going in a while, to Float Life We're not going to sit float, here like, week after week and, you right. know, like we've had that in every show notes for the last fucking yeah. 52 episodes. Yeah. And this is Fair what, enough. This is what we get for it. Yeah. So that's where that's at. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Tough break, motherfuckers. I told Justin to see if he could just reroute his flight to the igloo. Yeah, that'd be cool. I have a little curl up on the table. meet up in Calgary. Yeah. Actually, he should just draw it. Well, it's a pretty far drive. Yeah. Hey, you're out fucking 700 bucks, but why don't you pay for some <laughs> gas to drive up to Canada? Uh, speaking of gas, uh, we always need new gear. So <laughs> check out grimerica.ca slash support. For those of you who can still afford it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say that after that debacle. Yes, but... Uh, but Graham's credit card does need a payment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, winter's coming. The heat bill's going to go up. So check out grabamerica.ca slash support. Find out all the different ways you can keep us going there because uh, that's why uh, we stay sponsor ad affiliate free, commercial free, all that shit, and just rely on you guys. And of course, we get all sorts of fun stuff, uh, other than monetary. If you if you can help us out another way, that's always cool too. We get jingles sent to us, we get stories sent to ground to read on the air, uh, which is another thing we sort of pride ourselves on being able to incorporate the listeners as much as possible. So yeah, totally. And and reviewing the show really helps because it helps. Uh, if people are searching for podcasts and stuff like that, and it shows that we have a lot of good reviews and it kind of helps put this uh, up in the pages and, you know, maybe it, it assists that algorithm in, in helping uh, new people find us because we really don't have a big marketing plan or a marketing budget or anything like that. It's really up to, like, you guys. We have zero guys. plan or budget. Well, we do the Twitter thing. Yeah, the plan is just Twitter and, and you guys. So, so, send, so review us on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere that you listen. I forgot to... Uh, the other thing I wanted... To check was fucking there's that podcast that's it's a good month to review the show because uh oh, i can't find it now but there's we were nominated in some fucking oh i don't want to do you want to get into that no i'm just saying it's a good time to review the show <laughs> that's true because there's a thing two weeks for and it's all about reviews. Oh, I don't know right. exactly how oh, it's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like which show is most connected with its listeners or something like right, that. So right. he's going to go through and read all the reviews. Oh, wow, really? It's, it's, yeah, it's the guy who actually runs the service that compiles our reviews and shit for us. Oh, right. He's yeah. doing it. He's yeah. putting it on because September 30th is International Podcast Day. Really? Yep. September 30th. 
Yeah. And then also Matt in the Hat from Sleestack is also got September. If you download his music, uh, we get the proceeds. Oh yeah, we got a couple of those too, actually. So thanks Sweet. to Matt thanks, for that. Matt. Yeah. Thanks for the blogs. Thanks for the support. And they get some sweet music. And then, of course, the number one way to help out the show, if you've already reviewed us and you've already sent us your cash, you can uh, tell a friend. Yeah. Actually, I would put that ahead of the other two. Sure. Start telling motherfuckers right now. Yeah. Yeah. And check out the backstage link on the on the thing, too. I'm trying to keep that up to date. Our, our times, our recording times are all over the map, like midnight on the weekends or sometimes late, like tonight. But... Um, Check it out and join up the chat room if you want. We have a small, very small audience of people that listen live, and then we release the show a couple weeks after. Yeah, and spam Graham. Tell your friends about the show. I think that's it. And enjoy this chat with Marty. It's a great, great chat about fitness and spirituality and all kinds of good stuff. Absolutely. Wolf's journey began a long time ago. Howling echo through the night And mountain berries grew on the branches Not a city light in sight At the heart of our wild spaces Wolf has survived despite our past Misunderstood throughout the ages We all wolf, love and care at last Okay guys, in Grimerica tonight we have another in-studio guest uh, Marty Hansen, welcome to the Igloo Marty uh, and as always, Graham, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, actually, because I'm right in front of somebody here instead of... Are you scared? Being, I'm not you scared. You should really stare him down. <laughs> him down with my one eye. <laughs> so Marty and I have, have bumped into each other at events throughout the city, and uh, we've actually you know, chatted a couple times before this, so I'm excited to have, have him on. We had a lot of uh, stuff to talk about before, and Marty's a professional coach. Actually, he's a coach's coach, too. And he's coached uh, high-level athletes. And he's also, you know, he takes into account and he incorporates the oneness experience through the relationship between intuition, imagination, and our physical existence. So he's, you know, he's understanding about the, the mental, emotional, and physical and how we're affected by the energetic body. So it's not just about fitness with Marty. It's about uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So we're happy to have you in studio, Marty. Welcome. Well, thanks uh, so much for having me here. This is a, actually, this is a, totally awesome, and I've been waiting for uh, a while to do this, and uh, I'm completely impressed by this place. It's uh, awesome. Oh, and, thanks, uh, you guys man. are, are, are uh, excellent hosts and very welcoming. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Marty's just glancing around our, our new newish studio, and uh, we've got it sort of set up the way we want it, I think, now, eh, Darren? We're, yeah, we're definitely getting there. We're almost out of wall space, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess to bring some something small and very uh, detailed would be good. I'll be shipping something out here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's easier, you can take that mic out of the stand too, if you feel like. You oh, want. yeah. If I can stand up and start, to, yeah, uh, give her a little bit. Too. I can give her. 
Graham sings <laughs> all the time. Oh, cool. Only in the car in the shower. That's my rule. Excellent. One of our listeners uh, invited us up to sing on stage at one of his uh, events downtown. I think at Morgan's or something. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting on stage to sing. Why and you, you did it? No, we should, though. No, he's, yeah? he's got a Halloween event. I think he's playing on Halloween. There you go, buddy. Get uh, in there. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know when it is, Marty. Yeah, yeah. You can come along. Yeah. Yeah. A couple Watch of Graham short sing. guys up there doing the <laughs> white man overbite <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> the 80s two-foot shuffle. That's, That's right. Yeah, one. the weight shift. So let's good. get let's get into your uh, your thing here, yeah, Marty. Let's um, get to work. Lots to talk about. Okay. Um, you're you're a coach, a high level coach. So what? Uh, let's start with I guess some of your experience, just to get let people know like how much like you have a quite the resume there. I was reading through it. I mean, you've coached ski teams and you know some pretty serious athletes. Yeah, I um, I was very fortunate to have. Um, um, uh, an opportunity to get into skiing actually out of Prince George and my coach at that time uh, supported me a lot and was an exceptional, uh, I guess, mentor. So uh, when I was pretty lost sometime, you know, just after high school, uh, I went to see my old coach and he, uh, he says, well, what do you think about going coaching? I said, oh, you know, it might be a good idea. And he goes into his office and uh, leans out and he, you know, he had his hand on the, the phone and and it looks at me and says, uh, what do you think about going to Apex? And I said, sure. And he gave me this guy's number and I was in my car out of Prince George. And next thing you know, I was working. I had no idea at all what I was doing. This was uh, just fresh out of high school. Were you a skier at, at that time? Yeah. Yeah. I'd uh, like competed for about, oh, okay. about four years in various competitions. Alpine skiing, you know, the thing where you turn around those poles. Yeah. So, uh. Uh, it was, uh, I think, a really good opportunity for me at that time to um, uh, get my feet on the ground, and especially, you know, when you're 17 or 18, you know, years of age. So I was a very young coach, but uh, that opportunity uh, certainly led to others, and then I decided to get into it really full-time in 1983 and got a job with the Alberta ski team. So that's like a full-time, you know, that's the full-time gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of a big deal, you know, when you're 23 to be able to actually work and get a paycheck and, you know, travel, uh, you know, around the world. We were training in Europe and wow. competing throughout North America. And, yeah, and one thing led to another. I got involved in uh, developing certification. Uh, and uh, I guess some turning points were we started a sport academy in Banff. So the Banff Mountain Academy started in uh, 1990, and then uh, a couple of years after that, I went to Australia, which was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit backwards, you know, like being, being a surfing, you know, coach in Canada, kind of being a, a ski coach in Australia. But uh, we got some results there, so hmm. that was uh, that was good. We ended up, a gal ended up becoming a world champion, and... Uh, she ended up having a, a silver medal in an Olympics. So wow. that was uh, kind of a, you know, some breakthroughs, you know, as to what performance uh, meant. And all the way through it, uh, this, you know, for me, the study of um, how to train and how to learn and how to perform were uh, always uh, there, you know, as a... Um, yeah, you know, like a like a foundation, you know, the 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 based on the work. So it's it's more like a process than it is, uh, 
uh, instruction per se. Did your did that guy that you were with when uh, <clears throat> when you were seventeen or eighteen? Did he see something in you that he thought you'd be a good coach? Like, did you oh. have that that personality? Like, were you? No, he's uh, he's hard. This guy, you know, <laughs> he's just hard. Uh, I'm still in contact with him uh, today, and you know, he's uh, there's a, you know, every once in a while, you come across somebody, and these guys are they're just real. Like, you know, there's no there's no bullshit at all with them. And this is one guy that uh, he just tells it exactly how he sees it. And, you know, he's very well educated and extremely smart. Mm. And, um, you know, you better have your shit together when you're going into a conversation because he'll call you on at no time flat. Mm. So uh, I think this, that was uh, really good for me to have somebody like that who is, you know, kind of exactly opposite in that regard. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So then after, after that experience in Australia, did that kind of propel you into a new level of coaching? With- no, I uh, actually went on, um, uh, uh, started to really take a look at what it was that I wanted to do. And um, I'd had a family, started a family at that point in time. And uh, again, things just kind of carry on. So, you know, when I, when I listen to myself speak about this, it's actually... Um, it set all of that stuff up to, uh, Australia really set a foundation as far as my thinking is concerned. And, you know, it'll lead into, um, this aspect of how does somebody learn something? And, you know, I'll just set a little framework here just for, for a second. And normally perception is the big, uh, I think the biggest part, like if you're going to try to do something, uh, as far as your change is concerned, then you want to perceive, uh, and that's usually the first step. So you get an idea and there's some sort of a concept behind it. And then you have this, uh, you know, they have the motivation to do it or, or not. And then you'll pattern, you know, so patterning is, is you just continue to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until it starts to refine itself a little bit. So you can do this with, you know, with any sort of aspect and coaching is, uh, something that, plays pretty significantly into this process. So once you get past this point of refining, then um, you start to begin to vary things. You start to do it in slightly different ways. And then it comes to a real interesting thing, and here we are today. (laughs) So this interesting thing to me is that it all of a sudden starts to get into this, this space where composition starts to happen and intuition and so on starts to play but you have to have this foundation of work uh in order to do that like my my wife's a musician she's classically trained and um she also works very intuitively as far as her music is concerned so whatever it is that comes to her as far as lyric or so on it has to arrive onto a platform of something that's actually uh, there that's, you know, technically based. Right. And that's, I think, very important, you know. So uh, when it comes to skiing or sport, uh, you, you still have to go through the rigor of, um, um, you know, repeating and repeating and repeating until the skill has some foundation, but you have to switch and get it get into this other state of the mind. The flow state, like is that what people talk Here we about go, the Graham. Here we go, buddy. This is <laughs> like the stuff I the love. Okay. Yeah. Well, present is uh, for sure the biggest thing, and this aspect of oneness. 
So, you know, when it starts to come into this, you know, body, mind, spirit stuff, it's just one, in my opinion. And that's, uh, that's working at the highest level that we can. So when, when an athlete, a high, high performer, like uh, this happened to me in hockey a little bit where like I'll, let's say I score this goal or whatever, I really don't know what I did like or how mm-hmm. I did it. It just happened really fucking fast. And not like, very often. And actually really often. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's exactly that. So, exactly and then that. you, and then cause I was in that flow, right? Like it was, I've already built up this level of, of, uh, a level of, um, aptitude, let's say, or a level of skill. Mm-hmm. Competency. Based, the competency, competency that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And then the next level is, is, uh, subconsciously using that in a flow kind of. Yeah. And this, you know, these terms like subconscious to me is, uh, or unconscious it should be conscious, but it's not. So it becomes observant. So the, the body's um, ability to just find this flow means that uh, the body is so tuned and so intuitive to what's going on around that it's receiving signals from every direction. So it's not just our eyes. It's, right. it's completely an empathic sense. So, you know, coaches will study kinesiology or physiology or these things, but this is just the body and how the body functions. You know, kinesiology being um, a study of movement and physiology, how we, how the metabolism and how we develop strength and so on. But I think that um, uh, the important part is to be more empathic. And empath, empathy means that you have a sense of what's going on around. Mm -hmm. And so these people that have the sense when you, you know, my curiosity of this as a coach i go ask these guys and i don't get a fucking answer from them you know it's it's, it was kind of hard because they don't know what they're doing they just know that they're doing it you know so that that really i was scratching my head you know when i was 35 years old and say well how, how do these guys do this they're so good at it and then you ask them and you know they really don't know they just know that they're in there and that's all they see and and they see time in a different way so this, um, uh, I guess, concept, if you call it that, uh, is I began to realize that, well, everybody imagines differently, first off, and then everybody uh, has different senses as far as, um, like our gross senses, you know, how we taste or see or so on. But then there's these subtle, you know, very, very subtle senses in the body. And, and uh, these, this is where it starts to get really interesting and very individual. So, um, I think today, you know, I just go on a bit of a tangent for a second here. You know, there's too many people that, you know, they just use the lowest form of life transformation, in my opinion. And that's like, you know, they just, uh, calories in, calories out, or, uh, you know, they try to restrict their calories and then just work their ass off. And it's kind of like, you know, starving and punishing yourself. You know, so the person's willpower is the only thing that's really functioning on that. And I'm, you know, definitely on a um, campaign to promote much more individual styles of training and that people can find out the best way that they can function um, as a whole. I'll say physically, but it's really as a whole. So I just started to understand uh, how limited I was as a trainer when I started doing personal training. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's as, when as I... As opposed to coaching, like trying to... 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think, okay, the basic definition, instruction is um, systematically based. <clears throat> you know, you have a, some kind of system and they, you know, you're going to teach the system. And the systematic learning, you know, is like it's 1940s, let's say. And when they were starting to understand it and, and figure it out, and then they realized that maybe there's some, cons, you know, sort of consequences to it. You know, like remember the rat and the, the maze and, you know, this kind of stuff. So that's when, you know, systematic uh, ter- or sorry, instrumental type training started to happen. So, it, you know, it ends up being in a system. And I think experiential based training is much more um, important to today. Like we've got a couple fundamentals. Like when I was in the, uh, I worked for the Canadian ski team for a year just after the Olympics. But prior to that, I got to go through this program called Go for Gold. So that the best guys, you know, like the these hot shots would come in and, you know, some of these guys are still working today. And they would talk to you in person, you know, and they would give you a piece of paper. And this piece of paper, you couldn't photocopy it. They're so proprietary with their stuff. And now you come, you know, uh, 10 years ahead and all of this stuff is everywhere. You know, it's like there's virtual oceans of information as far as fitness is concerned today. So it isn't the fact that they can, you know, uh, you can't, it's, it's not the fact that you can't get good information. It's just the fact there's so much information, don't even know what is good for you. So that's today's situation. Hmm. You know, in that's kind of with everything too, right? It's hard to even, you can find whatever answer you want, really. Like yeah, I can yeah. probably find an article that says my best exercise is to sit on my ass and watch television <laughs> <laughs> and shock my gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't go through the day without a good rationalization, I guess, you know, in that regard. <laughs> but for sure, you can, yeah, you can keep looking until you find, you know, what it is that you uh, maybe adhere to a little bit. Yeah. So that state you talk about, do you think that's like... Uh, solely attributable to high-level athleticism, or do you think that's kind of the same thing that some of these, you know, these physicists that are way ahead of these their time or inventors or, you artists. know, like a really good actor or a really good artist or a really, you know, kick-ass guitarist? Is that all? Do you think that's all one and the same? They're just... Completely the same. And, uh, you know, the, the studies, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that loosely because I... I, th- I think they're trying to figure this out and they, they put it into this uh, area called gamma. So gamma means that the brain is functioning at a very high hertz level. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there's a point where, where potentially they thought people would be irate, you know, at the sort of at the, this, um, can't the remember the, the names of it. Well, it's not that it's not that right at the top top of the spectrum. I don't even think they knew that spectrum exists until they got to plug in some monks and realize that these monks could, uh, you know, just sit there and create this this uh, uh, level of concentration. You know, this this uh, this ability where they're um, they're incomplete. You know, well, you're not complete. talking about theta. so. There's beta, alpha, theta. Okay, so yeah, let's go and then, here. And then delta way down on the bottom. So like hemisync meditations will take you to theta. So I think you, you might be talking about beta then. No, there's gamma. Gamma's there's one above up, that? Yeah, there's one above that. Uh, 
and gamma runs from about uh in theory, I guess, between uh, 24 oh, okay. hertz and about 100. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so they're, you know, they're, they've got it going up there. And I think that time, um, time is the, um, time and space become very different. So, and this is the thing where, you know, how can you look in somebody's head and exactly figure out what's going on in there, except for this uh, lucidness that uh, things start to slow down and many things happen uh, at once, but the body is able to um, adjust. Yeah, deal with it. Yeah. You know, be able to function within it. And this is this to me becomes a pretty interesting part of permission. That, uh, you know, I, I like it when, th you know, you, you read something and some physicist says, you know, the, the mind is 660 times faster than the speed of light, you know, and I thought, oh, how, how do you know that, you know, <laughs> or like when we went to this, um, uh, we went, you know, I saw you at the, the yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah and, you know, this stuff is fascinating, but you know, like you, they're going to get down to the point where there, there's nothing. It's like they're studying everything for nothing. And, and, you know, how does that apply, you know, to the, to the average man, yeah. you know, at the yeah. end of the day, who just wants to play with his hockey stick yeah. or just wants to, you know, enjoy and you know, you or sit, play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Play or play the guitar. That's a good one. Playing so, the guitar. So I guess the next question would be: Is that because it seems like you know some of us it doesn't matter how good we or how much we practice at hockey, we're never going to be a pro hockey player. No, no matter how much. Do you think if you could learn how to tap into that, could you maybe you could jump that barrier? Do you think? I mean, there's got to be some sort of genetical yeah, advantage yeah. as well. Like where does genetical. that? Genetical like that. is that a just word? a good so well, wait, that, it's a word like now borderline racy that's now it's a, now it's a word yeah um you know uh, when we're when we were taught as coaches we had these ba these sort of basic broad strokes that yeah, you get new blood every three months uh, you have all new cells about every year right. yeah the site your your body renews between seven and eight years is completely renewed. And I don't know where they get this stuff from. You know, we just kind of eat it up. And then we get some other sort of harder rules, you know, so how the cardio system works. And, you know, maybe it's completely developed by the time that somebody's eight, or sorry, 28 or so on or about. And then, uh, like with gymnasts, and as an example, you know, the, there's a point where the hips are can be remained open, so they have to train through that period of time where the hips stay open. So that's why it's very important for young gymnasts to be Whoa. able to. Well, that little ding just shut everything down. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> oh, we're still. Uh, that was a good ding, though. I say, you know, maybe that was like uh, something in spirit going. Hey, maybe you're bullshitting. Maybe your hips are too <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about, gymnast hips for? Get back on top. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, we all uh, we all look at each other and wonder what the ding means. <laughs> so back to the gymnast hips. Yeah, the, yeah. So I know they have to train through the. So there's certain physiological things that can um, uh, perhaps be limitations, 
And then there's also these other, you know, kind of phenomenons of um, how athletes uh, continue to improve at, at later ages. So I just think we're, we're much more refined. But I'm not sure if I'm asking your answering your question specifically or not. I think it's a pretty tough question to answer, really. <laughs> <laughs> I no, think I, it's funner to have the conversation maybe than to really, yeah. you know, it's fun I, to just hear different different per- mm-hmm. perspectives on it. Because personally, I think, you know, it's probably a little bit of both because I've seen just as many people squander, you know, or some people that if they would have just stuck with it, you know, they might have been able to become something, you know, an elite sort of sense of mm-hmm. different different avenues but but i think there are people that are let, let's use athletics for example that are mm-hmm. athletic right like yeah. they, they can pick up any sport and play or they can you know they're there's they're that the, physically the intelligent kind of, yeah, yeah physically intelligent yeah. yeah yeah so i do think there's a there's a component to the genetic part of it that no matter how much you try no matter how many hours you put in no matter how you know your other mind and spirit is there i, I just don't think you could reach that level <clears throat> but um i did want to ask about people that do reach that level Mm -hmm. when you were talking about asking those people about how they're there right and in that in that let's say in that flow state in that real peak performance yeah there's got to be like a a a minimum level of confidence that goes with that right or or like sureness like well like when i'm playing hockey or whatever like i have to know that like i can like there's no doubt in my mind that i'm going to score that goal right i may Mm -hmm. not score but like i don't want to be doubting myself every time i'm i'm doing that right so is that something that that you're helping build in people that the visualization or the confidence that the manifestation of that kind of thing yeah the you know doubt's an interesting uh an interesting aspect because the for a while i'm I'm not sure i still work like this but for quite a while i worked on this uh concept that if you use doubt, like say say we're just a say we're a certain um, power or certain energy, we have so much of it, and let's just say that it's twenty watts. You know, just for argument's sake, I don't know if it is or not, but and if we're putting um, you know five watts to doubt, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so to be to be um, one means that everything that I've got is going into the effort, but then there's overcraving. You know, which is another interesting part of it. It's like trying too hard. So this, it's really an observant state. It's like everything is prepared to go. And that's where that, you know, getting back to that, the initial comments of how competent a person is in the beginning and then allowing the, um, um, the body's mechanisms, you know, the, the body's abilities to be able to adjust and go Um, precisely. So I look at focus, I look at confidence, and I look at motivation as being skills. Those are three very important skills. And they're also three very important choices too. So to be motivated always, uh, when I see that it comes from a very good um, and solid place, like it can stay engaged for some length of time, then that always comes from some part of inspiration. And then we get back to this, these states, right? Like, you know, that, that, that awesome, like I know you're into lucid dreaming. So there's a certain point in time in the morning where there's an opportunity where the, the precision and the detail 
of the information that can be gained in this period of time, like when we're coming out of sleep and just starting to get into that sort of theta stage or something, and we can kind of play in there, that area is where the juice comes from. That's where the uh, inspiration comes from. And inspire is kind of an interesting word because, you know, you're breathing inspired means to breathe in, but it also means create, you know, it's a burst, like it create a burst. So to be um, inspired to do something means you've got a good idea. And this idea sits really well. And then uh, motivation starts to kick in. And so you start to find all of the things that you need to find. And I think that that part is, becomes intuitive. And so then you talk about your synchronicities. And so synchronicities are we're creating this stuff, you know, as we go along. But we're doing it so energetically that we don't really pay attention. It's like the mind can't fathom it. And that's, that's where we get into this part where there's this gap Right. We do a really good performance, you know, like out of nowhere, the, the puck comes across the ice and then it's, you know, it's on your stick and the next thing you know, it's in the goal and yeah. you didn't even know how it happened. Right. So that's a synchronicity. Like you weren't even, you're barely there to observe it. Well, the mind wasn't there to observe it, but your right, whole body right, was there. Right. Exactly. You're there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're there, but you know, your mind's going, you know, in it's egocentric self, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, yeah, hey, uh, come I wasn't there to, yeah. I better watch it on the replay. Exactly. <laughs> so I was going to say something about that. Um, <clears throat> I hate to keep bringing it back to me, but we, you were talking about like as 28, your, let's say your respiratory system develops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've played a lot of sports in my life. So this is fascinating to me, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking back now, like I'm 45 <clears throat> and I started playing, I played ice hockey for like decades and decades, but I played some pretty competitive ball hockey, like in the world championships and in the nationals for nine or 10 years. So, cool. But I started when I was younger in ball hockey, like I played with a couple of guys and we were really good together, right? Like the, yeah. the, it's like the city and twin kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was young, I was really, it was more like raw talent. <laughs> but when I got older, obviously like I'm smaller and I'm, you know, like I was fast back then and all like, and I had smaller and more efficient. Yeah. Got to remember that, group. Got to remember exactly. that. <laughs> but, you know, like, as I got older, I, I was, I was, in some ways, I was a better player, as even as I got into my 30s and 40s. But I don't think it, but it was, it was different, right? Like, it was more of a, a more of a mind, a mind game, or maybe, maybe it wasn't such, like, effort and, and exertion. It was more of just, like, this, like, your mind knowing Maybe after well, all the consciousness, playing, maybe the consciousness is knowing what to yeah, do yeah. and it's sort of coming more natural or something like that. Consciousness is a pretty interesting um, study. And it, I, I sort of look at it like, uh, you know, a young person, they, the young person knows everything about what it is that they know. And they're very confident in what it is that they know, but they're not that confident. Like they'll express it very confidently, but they they need a lot of validation behind it. And the the to me the reason for that is is because consciousness is quite small. So at, at that time, and it's developing, it's starting to to expand outwards and or inwards, and they're gra- they're gaining much deeper understanding of themselves so people that are 30 years of age or even older they end up becoming um, much wiser 
as far as their sport is concerned. So they have to use their their mind uh, in a much different way. And the body, um, the body accumulates uh, an incredible amount both ways, good and bad. So, you know, like people will, people will go for massage and I I don't like, you know, they'll hear this, do you go for a massage? And the guy says, no, I can't stand it because it hurts too much. It's like the massage is say, well, that isn't the case. The massage person is actually showing you how much pain you're in, you know, how much tension you're holding in your body. And this part of it, um, you know, I'm on a bit of a tangent, but I think we can swing back. Um, this part of it is the metaphysical aspect of how the body just accumulates something. Well, it also accumulates good too. Like memory? Like, good like memory yeah, it just it? knows it has experiences, you know, and you can draw on those experiences very quickly, you know, so muscle memory is something that's in it. That's, that's divide that's sort of, um, been used as a term. But I think that that, you know, we're, we're a being, we're one. You know, it's just we kind of try to keep it separate. It's like, you know, oh, is this all heart-centered or, you know, mindfulness or these <laughs> things that have come out. And I'm not, I'm not busting people's balls on that. It's, it's not. I think we need to learn them. Like, you have to learn them bit by bit. And you need to understand at some point in time, you know. So it's like, okay, you got to get your you – got, you got a problem with your mind? Yeah, because it's raging out of control. Then, you know, you got to spend some time doing some meditation. And if you haven't learned to be systematic through your body at all, like, uh, you know, to, to understand your body or to have some deeper intelligence in your body, then it's just because you've chosen not to. So um, you can accumulate um, whatever direction you want. Uh, it's just a matter of, well, you know, I'm, I can do this or I can do this. You know, like, like time kind of exists in certain respects because... You have to do something, or you're doing something. Like right now, it's you're making you know, choices. Yeah, yeah, you're making a choice, and you're putting your your focus into it. So when you put this focus into it, you get back to this point of confidence and motivation. And how how much I remembered my question before I started talking about myself. How much does uh, intentional visualization play a part in? in manifesting that performance when you say visalization then you're using like you your eyes about, okay so you're no, using no, your no, eyes you're yeah you're so the internal, imagery 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 yeah yeah like so then that terminology now thinking is a pretty interesting part of this because um thinking just seems to work in, in sort of a cycle or a circle you know we always kind of we think our way through something or we try to get our head around it. And if we're in a particular state and we're thinking about something, like if we're angry, then we're in that state. And we can only think about something a particular way. And that state of mind is is difficult to adjust out of. So we have to figure out how to calm or still our mind and then get it into a place where it can actually concentrate or focus on. And at that point, at this point where you're talking about imagery, then, then it can get into a debate. Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or am I trying to find myself? <clears throat> like, am I trying to get down to a deeper level within self and who it is that I really am? Or am I, or do I need to get better at something? So we'll use a guitar example. 
and say, well, first I need to learn my chords. I need to learn some um, progressions of of how the um, pentaton or pentatonic scales or these things, and then I begin to have some proficiency around that. And I say, okay, can I actually play to a point? So we're back to that competency thing again. So to visualize a part of it, if I'm using visualization, then I've got to see myself in all different angles. So I can see myself out of my own eyes doing the, uh, doing the activity. I can see myself like a camera from the outside mm. doing the activities. And I can, I can learn how to concentrate within this. And some people are very good at visualization. They, they, con- they use visualization extensively other people are more empathic or and then there's uh, an imagery component you know this I- imagining component so so you have to tune into how these people uh, visualize I think it's more important Graham how you would vi- how you would determine what it is that's best for you but if you're training me right and you're helping me with that yeah. you, I, you're gonna have to figure out how i visualize i guess right yeah so then what i do is i do a little inventory of what your what your hobbies are where where your interests lie right, right. and begin to, to to sense where things are are at like you know um uh, my partner in life she uses scent a lot <laughs> scent is probably her strongest um understanding of something wow and so this is this is quite confusing for a lot of people <laughs> you know around and i've you know i have a bit of that uh in myself is it, it's sort of um an interesting liver oil smell something that provides a tremendous amount of information to me in understanding these these basic skills well these are our our sense our senses but it's just they're not gross you know, gross senses. We're going out for Mexican food and, you know, look at the, let's have this here. Look, holy shit, this is hot, man. You want to try it? Yeah, yeah, that's hot, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, look at this uh, neat light here, you know. It's pretty cool because it's, it's pink, you know, so we can all agree about this. Well, and it starts to get subtle and much more individual, then it's knowing ourselves at this deeper, at this much deeper level. So uh, imagery... Um, can deal with all of the senses and others, mm, you know, right, too. Right, right. And then, you know, visualization, uh, you know, peop- it depends on how people see. Right. You know, if I'm doing meditation work with some of my clients, or like, I'm amazed, like, you say, did you see anything? No. And then I talk to another, it's like, well, no, I saw all kinds of stuff if we're doing meditation. Yeah, I totally. caught colors and yeah. shifting, yeah. And, you know, and geometry and, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Did, did any of your students or cl- clients uh, practice uh, while lucid dreaming or anything like that, or have you even heard about people doing that? I mean, when we had the, when we had Robert Wagner on there, we talked a bit about you know people actually you know, healing themselves or 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 practicing for big big events or speeches or all kinds of stuff. You know, while yeah. lucid dreaming. When I li- when I lived in Australia, lucid skiing. Yeah, lucid skiing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Or lucid guitar. Yeah. The um, when I was in Australia, I became fascinated with dreaming, and uh, they had uh, at the time they had this dream show on Triple J Radio. You know, so guys would call in or people call in, and these uh, dream analysts would uh, talk about you know their dreams in, the, in this regard. And so you know, I bought the book and started uh, to, to understand 
as best I could how I dreamt and to try to recall dreams and so on. So I believe, um, you know, for me, dreaming is a very important part of um, uh, how I can remain creative or motivated or how I can continue to do, you know, do my job and so on. So this aspect of lucid is uh, having some sense of control, like, you know, to be able to go into the dream and uh, remain focused within it. Well, that's no different than, than competition in certain respects. You know, people get freaked out by their dreams, but, you know, you stand in the starting gate at, the, at an Olympic event and the cameras are on you and, and this, like, a, I don't know how half the athletes do it. They just stand there and the ones that are super good, they, you know, they're joking and then the guy says 10 seconds and then they're, they're on their game. So, you know, their ability to relax and observe and to see what is, you know, see is a wrong word, but to feel what's exactly going on is uh, um, um, the super present, you know, beyond, pre- like they're, they're one with everything, you know, be the ball Danny or yeah. whatever it is in Caddyshack. <laughs> 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 No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Who's the Caddyshack guy again? Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, there's a whole oh. bunch of them. <laughs> Ted Knight, Chevy Chase, uh, Bill Chevy Murray. Chase. It was oh, just classic. Bill Murray, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah pro- of course. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Uh, California, <laughs> Centimillion, and Kentucky Bluegrass. BSF. <laughs> Bill fucking Murray. Yeah, so the Dalai Lama, he says, uh, <laughs> Gunga Galunga. So I got, I got that going. <laughs> Receive total consciousness yeah, on my yeah. deathbed. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The, uh, so I got that going for me. The, the endearing aspects of uh, the hyper reality. I still stuck in 19. What is? When did that show come out? Yeah. <laughs> 1980 yeah, or something. 80s, yeah, 80s, 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 80s or something. Yeah. I'll open it in a bit, Darren. <laughs> I have to be able to see the okay, monitor. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so when did the spirit spirit part uh, come into play with your with your career? Uh, well, spirituality is um, sorry, I got I got sidetracked here. The guys are doing they're they're adjusting. There, there's things that are adjusting. There. Everybody's everybody's happy. Yeah, everybody's happy. Uh, spirituality is, um, I think it's it's a biggest question that you know that that we could could have. You know, like uh, I know that okay, why are we here and what's our purpose? And this are pretty big questions. But this you know this aspect of is there a God, and then how. Um, connected are we to that so th- you know the way I seem to collect information is um, it just comes very quickly and it comes very profoundly and so I've had a few experiences through my, through my life that you know I really can't explain and those those explanations you know if I began to explain explain them it's it's so personal to me but just uh, you know feeling an incredible amount of energy all at once. And the first time that, you know, my mother, um, well, first my fa- my grandfather was a dowser, you know, so, the, and the, th- the thing I appreciated about this is that this is just normal. You know, so when I was about maybe 12, 
you know, 11, 12 years old or so. I remember my grandfather dowsing our land and, you know, and, and having this uh, real look on his face, you know, that he's having a hard time finding the water and wishing my father would have talked to him first. And so, you know, that's kind of a weird paradox, right? But this was normal. Like, you, you, you just go ask Arnold, you know, you need your, you got to find your water, go ask Arnold, you know, and he'll find your water. You know? And so that's just the way it was. So that was kind of a first part. And then, um, so my mother, you know, uh, kind of believes, um, and she said, well, you got to go see this person, you know, you have to go see this. So I was about, I think I was about 30 years old and this, um, this person could read auras. Like I didn't know what I was in for at the time at all. And, uh, you know, so the person sits, sits me down on the couch and, uh, you know, she says, I just have to go into this um, sort of trance, you know, so just, you know, just kind of hang, hang with me for a minute here. So she starts to go in this trance. I just have this incredible weight that I couldn't have got out of the couch if I tried. So this, this was quite a profound experience at the, at the time of feeling such an external energy or connection or something that placed me on my ass in this couch and as she began to read me it was like holy shit like she is reading the shit out of me like it's just incredible you know every aspect of it and I'm sitting there going holy shit this lady knows me better than I know myself so that um, was pretty profound and then I went back and saw her again and you know and completely went against every bit of advice that she gave me which was uh you know, at which at the time, just I, I thought, ah, oh, can't be right. I'm just doing it my way, you know, like this. And yeah, everything, you know, turned out, but it was, turned out the way that she said, wow. you know, so this is sort of a five, six year kind of experience like that. And then, yeah, 2012, I had another sort of profound experience and, uh, that, uh, set me into making I- intuition as a choice. So it be- making intuition as a choice means that's the way I choose to make decisions and more intuitively than, than you know, um, the way I was doing it before. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. So do you find that f- fitness people that you're training or people that are either physically fit or really skilled, are they, do you think they're more or less open to the stuff you're talking about? Like uh, oh, spirit um, or consciousness or, or, you know, us not being our brain. Cause when I, my first instinct of, of people that are in pro, pro sports or whatever is it's very like, <clears throat> very sort of like scientific and regimented and like spirit world, ugh, you know, none of that. It's kind of more about like the physical, physical <laughs> stuff, you know? Well, take it easy over there. <laughs> Getting revved up. Yeah. St. Yeah. Louis meditates. He's always meditating for really? me. Yeah. Well, that explains why he's so good, maybe. I guess, yeah. He's small. He needs to. He's wee. Like, um, wee grab. <laughs> I guess I better watch it. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 like, sort of a small person wrestling yeah. in here. And I think we, if you're yeah. sitting on your on the couch all the time, we might be able to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... um at the turn of the century, 
uh, you know, the strong man was kind of coming in. And so he became a bit of um, uh, an entertainment piece. You know, so San- Eugene Sandow, I think, was one of the guys who um, uh, started to show physicality. So, you know, er- yeah, yeah, 1900, I think. And then you go into the, the huge effects as far as culture is concerned, where uh, Pumping Iron, the movie, played a pretty big role, where the body became kind of um, like almost cybergenic, you know, like it's so robotic looking. And, you know, so these people that really get into this part of um, display fitness, you know, where they're like just carving and, and, you know, trimming off fat and toning and shaping the body is kind of an interesting phenomena, you know. So if you look at fitness and how it's evolved, uh, you know, before there, there wasn't fitness. You know, I mean, like, maybe in the Spartan age, they probably, you know, they probably pretty ripped back then, or at least in 300 they were anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard to know. <laughs> but I mean, if they... <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> air, air, airbrush. Yeah, those guys there. All their abs were far too the same. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, they were throwing their eight-year-olds in into training back then, right? I mean, that must have sculpted some pretty crazy bodies. If you're physically training all day as as kids, and then and then as young adults, you're like ready for war. I mean, you're basically like a full-time fitness soldier, soldier right? Well. Yeah. And you're swinging around those heavy fucking swords and spears and, and the shield. walking just, I mean, for just life's a fucking workout. That's, right? that's, that's the thing. It's like hunter gatherer. There's no fucking 350 pound hunter gatherers <laughs> fucking slothing around. <laughs> you're fucking walking all day barefoot, climbing shit, running, fucking getting water. That's right. Yeah, getting just getting chased or chasing yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, the you know the the the, fun, the functional aspect of um, of of fitness and when fitness started to um, become more prevalent uh, it meant that we had to start doing something or start to figure it out so you know the movements are at present are coming back more to uh, more more not natural state and you know to work like I work uh, a lot with kettlebells and club bells and uh, kind of awkward sort of tools I try to train as much with people in bare feet like it, yeah and the hands and the feet play a significant role because that's where all of the nerve endings are so if we're very um, uh, alert and acute uh, like it, it's really hard to step on something and hurt yourself when you're walking around bare feet and the fact that the feet are um, you know constantly encased in something that's you know like for sport you know look at some of the the shoes and it's like you know they they put this incredible you know it's like a car chassis you know on the bottom of the foot and and the people who are you know who tend to lean more towards like you know orthotics and all these kind of things they seem to have more trouble later in life Hmm. but barefoot people they don't have any I was hiking in barefoot the other day. Something about that the other day where it's like the shoes we use today are fucking up our walking and running patterns. And it's like we're more evolution wanted us to run more on the balls of our feet. And that's why you see like kids and shit when they first start running, they'll run on the balls of their feet. And that it's all these fucking shoes that we started making like a hundred years ago or whatever have now changed the way we walked for, for the worse. So now when you run, you're always pounding on your heels. 
mm-hmm. and sending that shock into your fucking back and everything instead of on the balls of your feet like they're designed to do. Yeah, it's, these are really important points. And same with the hands. Like if you, if you put your, you know, your hand to your mouth, your, a big portion of your brain lights up. You know, so that's a, that's a, um, a real uh, natural instinct. Because I think there's food in there. <laughs> or <laughs> Probably something. or something. You're going to put something. something in there. <laughs> Something's going in. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty basic and primal part. But to get back to the physicality part of it, you know, if, uh, if athletes are very physical within their, their sport, it just depends on where their development is. It's like, and I think in that regard... Um, you know, if they're young and they, they are, haven't developed um, uh, sort of emotionally or, or even intellectually or spiritually, then they're going to use uh, physicality as their, you know, as their main point. But you can't go all the time with it. You know, it just becomes, uh, it's smarter to go with, uh, with a wider wisdom. And sport... Uh, an easy way to understand sport in um, very simple performance is that the performance is based upon how well the tension arrives at a particular point. So slap shot, punch, tennis, whatever. There's There's a point of tension where all of the effort is put into the impulse of the sport. Impulse of the, sorry, the, of the skill. Of the play. Of the play, yeah. And, and then the body's um, ability, okay, or the um, athlete's ability to be able to relax. So who can relax better is better at sport. Wow. <laughs> that's a simple way to look at it. And, you know, it's, that's boiled down a lot, but it's, it's, it's kind of an easy way for everybody to grab onto a concept of performance. And... When you think of relaxation, then relaxation is based in a balance and that this movement is very fluid because the, there's going to be another impulse right away. So, you know, I don't want to be hit by Mike Tyson ever because he's really good at that. You know, the, the amount of force that this guy could put behind a punch and then you have all these MMA guys and so on. Well, it's the same with skiing. When somebody has the ability to be able to put pressure onto an edge, you know, these guys are going, uh, you know, in the downhill events, they're going 120, 130 kilometers an hour. They're not putting big pressure on that, but then they'll have to go into a turn and the turn is going to go down to about 90 kilometers an hour or so. And these guys can carve like a, you know, a Formula One car. So the amount of pressure that goes on, uh, on their body is pretty profound. So if you get back to this, these physicality aspects of how somebody can cope with the amount of pressure, well, you have to be in that game to be able to. Like, if you want to be a good boxer, you got to punch pretty damn hard. And you also got to be able to take a punch. Um, and if you're going to be a good hockey player, then, you know, you have to have a, I'm not sure what the statistics are today, but I'm sure you have to have a, a slap shot that's, you know, 160 or, you know, I might be speaking out of my ass completely. I don't yeah, know hockey at all. 90, but 90, 90 miles an hour probably. At yeah, least. you know, so something, that, and it better be, I imagine it's pretty damn accurate that some yeah. of those guys could, yeah. 
you know, <clears throat> hit the smoke out of. Before I forget yeah, to yeah. ask, you mentioned the barefoot thing. Yeah. I'm barefoot um, right now. I'm in thongs. Nice. On your feet Flip or? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, butt floss. No, <laughs> toe floss. <laughs> I don't wear that to the studio. Okay. With the tight shorts. <laughs> You can't, you can't have an underwear line in your tight shorts. <laughs> well, well, well supported. <laughs> Did you, were you? Were you hiking in hiking boots today? I'm just I was curious. in running shoes in today. Running shoes? Yeah, because yeah. it was pretty rocky. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like, I'm, I, like hiking, I hike in running my trail running shoes myself. So then yeah. Graham has these them? fucking mechanical mods he straps onto his feet. Like, sorry, mechanical. Oh, he's just fucking. <laughs> I'm serious. So they're like fucking. They got big spikes on them. They strap. Oh, those orders. things. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like for crampons or. Crampons for running in the snow. <clears throat> yeah, right. and get a yeah. good. You can get a grip. Yeah, <laughs> but I was wondering about those five finger shoes. I I uh, I was with my personal trainer and she saw this guy with those and she goes do you five have those do you have those five toed shoes and i go yeah and she goes i had a feeling you'd have those but she was how teaching they? Are are me how weird? to do this sprint tech stuff right like i she was yeah. asking me to sprint through this this room right mm -hmm. and i was thinking yeah okay i can i'm in decent shape i can sprint but the way my sprint is so off right like you were talking about the bad habits from shoes like i've got the stance that's like spread right apart right <laughs> and so, i can just picture it <laughs> bull-legged ground yeah. fucking bell yeah. bellowing across the yeah and i didn't really realize it that bad i mean i saw myself in video running in hockey once i was like what the fuck is that what am i doing like hobbling around with these bow-legged and she's teaching me how to sprint like straight like with your feet straight and like on the balls of your feet like you're talking about and it's crazy how different it feels and how awkward it feels but but um anyways i was thinking i should wear those in the gym if you think that it's better to be like are those better than than um than shoes well like, it depends like, on what you're doing exactly but the um i'm an uh, in in my studio i like when people wear bare feet right now the How often do you wash the floor yeah once a week <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is not you know this is the to me, it's this is relatively natural to begin I think, with. Yeah, I think it's good to be barefoot to some extent. For so, so you know, so much time a day you should spend barefoot. No socks or nothing. Barefoot. Yeah, and the, you know this kind of stuff in the you know in the the garden or in your grass and that. You know, I've heard all kinds of good benefits yeah. to uh, walking and dew and actually increasing hydration and wow. and nutrition and so on. You know, if you rub your feet with. Garlic is an experiment. You know, it doesn't take long for you to taste it after. Wow. So the feet kind of eat. Yeah, hmm. they, you know, Plus, they can we soak up the, that they can soak up the energy from Mother Gaia. Yeah, well. exactly. We'll throw Graham's feet in a tub of garlic water, and we'll see how long. Scrub. Yeah, just sure. grab some like uh, roasted pepper and garlic, and just yeah. rub his feet and see how how happy he is. Time. He gets my, all happy. Well, if I'm feeling sick, I put my essential oils on my feet, and that absorbs there. pretty quick. I yeah, guess, you know. for sure. So you know, back if you're if you're sprinting, the good thing about sprinting is it's going to show what um, 
what aspects are kind of loose or are, are unstable and other aspects that are sort of tight. And you can, uh, you know, you can boil it back. So there's a lot of good, very good walking type exercises. The, um, like a, we had an experiment once when we were working with a team and we improved every aspect of vertical and long jumping without doing any um, traditional training. Wow. We just did walking stuff. Wow. And reprogrammed the way that the walking yeah, yeah. worked and found uh, more, um, I guess, completed and sort of cohesive uh, ranges of motion. And everybody improved in this three-week three week period. Wow. Yeah, and that uh, really showed, uh, like that's not, that's, that's as well the the athletes putting into into it a certain amount of trust and secondly uh, that they're present in what it is that they're doing you know that's uh, as well important like they got to buy in yeah. faith yeah. yeah yeah well that's interesting yeah she, they're showing me some exercises on how to like to push push your foot down you know walk with with those like oh like man your feet I wish I did right now yeah no if you walk um like if you walk, is walking any good for you? Really, ex like well, completely, on a fitness level? completely. Yeah, if for well-being, walking is one of the best. For like far. for cardio or just for, um, like how far do you have to walk to really get any cardio advantage? Well, it depends on how fast you're going. Well, I'm not going fast. I'm just you know walking. Along. Just, yeah, just you know, I'm not. Mr. Well, cardio is cardio is probably about heart rate, so. It, yeah, that's it, the thing. Like, if you're not jogging, is it really not worth it? Or what's like? Because I haven't actually talked about myself about needing to exercise or do oh. something. I really don't like fucking running, especially yeah. not out in front of people. Because I probably run like an asshole too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, what's I guess what's the best? Uh, or what are some different options to get some good cardio and kind of because I because my understanding is like you can do a million sit ups but if you don't fucking run your gut off you're never gonna see your six pack anyway. Uh, no, that's uh, it, you know this is a very is a very complicated question. Like you can answer this one too. I can answer it really in a very simple, very very simple way. But it, it that is is not good for everybody. You know and. If uh, like people making a people make a basic assumption about cardio work, so cardio work is um, the way I understand and work with cardio work is if you go out and you start to run, you're gonna just go and you're gonna run and your heart is beating pretty good and you are able to still sort of carry on a conversation. You're going to through very distinct phases. So the first phase of your run is going to be that you're putting some oxygen into your blood. That's going to take five, five, seven minutes or something. Is that you, guys? Yeah, that's me. Sorry, guys. I don't know. Okay. Who needs a soundboard? We got Marty. <laughs> Just sit here and make noises. Yeah. So uh, to get back to the the car, you know, the, the the idea that jogging or cardio is going to be uh, good for you. So the 
the first five, seven minutes, your, your blood is just getting oxygen and that oxygen, oxygen in your blood is going through your system. So that's a pretty important part because when you go to sleep at night, all your blood or all your blood, 75% or so of your blood pools into your organs. The other 25% is in your brain skin and, and muscles and so on. When you start to exercise and blood is transferred. And so now you have this bigger amount of blood that's going, so you get a bit more in your skin, you get a bit, you know, a lot, a lot more in your muscles. And so that's sort of 75% transfers. Now, how you transfer that is, is uh, important because you want to do it gradually. So that's the first thing. The second thing, when you start to run like longer, per se, you're using readily available energy, which is usually glycogen. And so whatever it is that you ate the day before is um, being burned. So a lot of times for people, and it depends on where they're at, you know, so I'm making a really general statement right now is that uh, you start running and you run for 40 minutes, you haven't run at all before, and you're start like you're starving. You know, so that's what happens for, for a lot of people. They just get super hungry because you've, you've taken all of your readily available energy and you burned it. You haven't really got into the fat or that kind of stuff. So if you're going to talk about losing weight, if that's what you're talking about, then that's a different effort, you know, and uh, that's a big thing because you're dealing with all kinds of emotional stuff because there's so much emotion that deals with food and you're dealing with the concepts of how energy, how you try to gain energy um, and you're changing pretty significant habits. So th- that's a hard one for a lot of people. Like you have to be ridiculously determined and constant, constantly showing yourself something. Like if you pick something up, like pick up something that's 20 pounds or, you know, 10 kilos or something like that. And if you th- figure you're 10 kilos overweight, just carry that 10 kilos around all day. <laughs> you get a pretty good perspective of what yeah. an extra 10 kilos of weight. Plus, you've got to deal with that. Like you have to process that, which means you have to try to put blood through it or energy through it. But it's pretty dense. So, um, cardio, I think why people do cardio and especially when they're in their, you know, like past, like in their, in their at least thirties or to fifties is, is they give their brain a chance to relax because you breathe hard. So breath becomes a pretty important aspect. And the breath is something that we collectively, like, you know, I'm not going to say a, you know, a national statement per se, but if everybody just took a breath, <laughs> You know, oh, and yeah, said, learn terrible. to breathe. Oh. You say, okay, you're going to sit down every day, compulsory breathing. Yeah, I want a breathing <laughs> app. I want an app on my phone that tells me, hey, take a deep breath. <laughs> take it, or right. or Just you get, get to the point where habit. you're conscious. Yeah, yeah you're you conscious. Get a Fitbit too, so it can tell when you're about to go fucking nuts and just say. <laughs> Relax, dude. Relax. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my uh, partner's uh, brother, he's into emotional voice recognition development, right? And so I always wow. bug him all the time, you know, and I'll grab my phone and I'll say something like, am I okay? They, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> am I Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, we could make that after what well, we can. Maybe someone can. You could just like, uh, or that eight ball thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> eight balls. Uh, so, so for people that want to lose weight, then it's more than just that bit of cardio that you're talking about. So when you when you've burned all the energy up, 
Mm. And that, so, like, let's say. So, does that just mean run longer? Yeah. That's what no, it, it, yeah, it doesn't work. The, it doesn't really work that way. And it really depends on where you are. Like, it's that's the thing about fitness questions is people, they, you know, they would like the answer, but this is, you know, this is. Uh, specific it's tough that's a tough one you know you have to you have to get in there and do some real uh investigation and and decide you're going to make the change this you know i'm I'm training a gal right now she's in the kootenays and she's down 40 pounds she's she's lost like 40 pounds think of 40 pounds you know so this has been about a seven month thing and she is determined to because the goals that she set are way bigger than anything she's ever done. So when somebody sets a goal, what people do is they, you know, they, they, they should in the beginning believe that the, the goal can actually happen. So that's the first part. So it's like understanding how the desire functions within that. And then they start to believe. Then there's another, the next process is that they have to accept it. So once they accept that, everybody has done something, right? You guys, you, guys, you know, with, with the podcast, at some point in time, it was a concept. You know, you're sitting around and you're talking and all of a sudden, you know, somebody spurts an idea, you know, I wish you do a podcast. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, we could do this. You know, yeah. there's been that, it's that point yeah. of accepting. Then the work begins. So the interesting part of when the work begins, uh, from what I've seen, is that they then get to a point where this acceptance kind of leans into this uh, point that they release it and they're, it's going to happen. You know, versus, and that's that observe, observing point. So if I, was, uh, if I wanted to change my weight, then I've got to set a goal that is uh, offsetting. So the first thing is, say, you know, people come in and they say, I wanted to lose 10 pounds. I said, God, that's boring. You know, like you're going to have to not eat. That's what I was thinking when I was about 10 pounds. <laughs> no. I don't even have to lose it. I just want to, you know, change its location maybe. Because <laughs> I, could, I, could I could use a little more butt. You know, if I could do it for my gut I've got my a butt. suggestion. Change its location. <laughs> You're gonna shift it over. No, here. I was thinking ten or fifteen pounds too. That's okay, so if you're gonna so if you're gonna to lose it to that level, it's just it's, it's not even that I'm overweight per se. I'm probably like right on where I should be. It's just I got my beer gut, my gut. Yeah, I like to call it a dad gut because I don't drink a lot of beer, but I do eat a lot of potato chips. That's my downfall because I eat well, fairly healthy, but I drink a, eat a lot of sugar in my coffee and such, and then I fucking crush a bag, eat like a big bag of chips pretty well every night. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of calories, man. So you know, the, the, you get. But I don't want to. So I want to keep the chips. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather add add something than just. This is I've, it. I've the... got the answer. I've got the answer. No, really. Like for the okay. cardio thing, how is this as a plan for Darren? He doesn't want to run in front of people. Yeah. He doesn't want to get a gym membership, probably. Right? No. There's a whole bunch of in Calgary. There's a whole bunch of stairs. Outside stairs, like stair yeah. cases. Like there's one near my place. There's one, a uh, bunch of them by the river. You probably drive by them all the time. You probably don't. You might see people running up and down them or not. Yeah, yeah I, I know. 10, 20 minutes on those stairs going up and down, and you're like, whoo. I yeah, yeah walk them. Walk them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. walk them. Don't run them. Walk them. Why is and that? Because the, 
it's where you start. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you know, so first where you start. Right, right. And then well, you have to watch with running stairs a lot because it's the knee is in a weird position. It's like you're always going up and it's pretty hard. So it depends on where you're at. So if you're in, um, you know, if you're like in super duper shape, then, you know, maybe it's going to have some benefit. But I'd go longer and slower okay. if you're changing weight. Okay. Now, hiking is a really good way and especially with a bit of a pack and especially if the the train is up and down and 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 you can cover a lot of train with hiking because you have to pay attention to something else like when you start getting into flat surface running you don't have to pay attention to too much so normally people kind of peter out relatively quickly and what about like hardcore trail running yeah for sure like this is good. Down mountains and stuff. Yeah, anything, anything like that. But the We're cross watching scary movies. No, it no. doesn't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, too much on the adrenal adrenal gland. You know, like yeah, you know, red, uh, with you your energy lie. drinks and and you gotta lie like, like right on the edge of the coach, so you always think you're gonna fall <laughs> off with that little shot of adrenaline. Just to, you know, you gotta stand the whole time on one leg and do you know one legged calisthenics and uh, that kind of stuff. No, I gotta push get up. a TV that the bike runs. Yeah, <laughs> if I had to pedal my bike while I was editing the podcast. Yeah, I. If I was giving basic advice to anybody who's going to start, is pick pick a few things. Don't just pick one thing. Mm. Pick a few things, and what I mean by a few things is that get some type of strength training uh, involved, some type of mobility, like uh, you know where the body has to go through certain ranges. Now, if your strength training can provide that, then that's good. But it should still have a di- slightly different venue. Some uh, activity that um, you're working in duration and duration meaning that you're, you know, you're creating some sweat and you're having to, you know, breathe a little bit harder for a a length of time and then uh, pick something that is um, uh, kind of very restorative or recreational and, um, you know, like gardening, carpentry, um, you know, this type of stuff, yard work, um, you know, and and use it as a bit of an activity. But you've got, then you've got pillars. So, you know, we've got a thing on our, you know, if you sign up on our website for an email thing, you get a thing on our essentials. And these essentials have, you know, it's a, it's a good discussion document and it gives some ideas very basic ideas on on how to create um, a, a diversity within. You know, I like to work within the three month program, a three month idea because that's the a sort of a change of blood. There's also uh, an ability to be able to pay attention for three months. So if you decide you're going to do something, right? You say, okay, three months kind of works like a season. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the Kananaskis and the good cross-country things. So, you know, go cross-country skiing, you know, twice, twice a week. And, you know, then during the week, you know, do a yoga class and uh, do, you know, get a strength regime of some kind where your body goes under good tension. That's important. I had a theory. I'd like to run okay. it by you now. 
I never even thought about this until right now. Oh, so for oh a while God. there, I did this. I Are did you this. in the zone, you think? Are you like in the zone right Fuck now? Fuck yeah. You're, like, what was the word? You're in a flow? Flow state. Flowing. So Hustle no, about, about actually it was when we started the podcast, Darren might remember. I, w- I went on this spurt where I was trying to do like 100 days in a row. I don't know if I did. I, tr- I don't know if I planned to do 100 days in a row of exercise of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. And before that, when I moved to Calgary, I was, I was in this, this uh, phase where I was thinking of doing a variety of, of fitness and exercises, right? So it could be like <clears throat> a little bit of biking, a little bit of swimming, a little bit of running, a little bit of uh, yoga, qigong maybe, like mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. <clears throat> yeah, Maybe light weights or whatever, but I really wasn't into weights at all. And uh, doing one of the, at least one of those every three weeks. Like I had this thing in my head that after three weeks you lose what you gained or there's a three-week thing. There's a three-week thing. There is. I'll tell you why that is. And if I if I did a wide variety, like let's even say like 15 different activities within a three-week period and just constantly did that, I'd have a very well-balanced um, like fitness level. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully and focus. emotional and focus and everything yeah. else too. Yeah. Um, two to three weeks represents how the central nervous system functions. So you can gain new um, pathways or new directions. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, That's plasticity. Like habits. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is for sure. And uh, picking, you know, you know, the theories out there are to pick one and kind of make it happen. But... Uh, and I can agree with that. If you're going to do something, they say, okay, you're going to start exercising. That's one thing. And you're going to do that for two to three weeks. Well, this is a nice blend of willpower you know, and motivation. And it's also a nice blend with uh, our, our actual physicality, how our nervous system functions. And central nervous system is kind of an interesting thing because... It is something that fatigues very quickly, and we don't necessarily always train with it. I got to work with a, a guy who was const—he was constantly on top of the central nervous system. And when you think of it in terms of it's high—it's something that is highly skilled. Like if you do something like running, then it's not necessarily that highly skilled unless you're running down a hill with all kinds of obstacles right. and yeah, things yeah. and so you on. You have to be like super attentive. Exactly. Or fucking die. Yeah. yeah. So then our nervous system has much more um, uh, impact against it. You know, how it affects skiing is an interesting thing because you're not necessarily that fatigued in the afternoon physically, but the skill kind of goes down. So it's, the, it's a sort of an indication that the nervous system is not functioning the, the way that it was when you first come out of sleep. So uh, these things are all very possible, right? Like, it, and I don't think you have to be too logistically attentive. You can just be much more imaginative and say that, okay, at this point in time, right? Because routine plays a huge role for all of us. You know, however, our driving, work, eating, family patterns are, well, now you want to carve something out. So when you carve something out, you have to give something else up. And so change is really related into that aspect, giving something up. And it has to do with, uh, you know, a period of time. So that's usually the hardest thing for people 
is there when they start to change, they're trying to change habits, is that they're, they like things very familiar, the way that they like them and see them. You know, and that's why I think uh, television today is so you know, incredibly impacting on our society. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this hyper reality that we're sort of living, but not really, you know, it's like we get involved, like, you know, uh, Carr and I were talking about this this morning. It's like watching somebody's life on an edge that you're not willing to explore yourself, but you're willing to watch it in a show. And you think, well, I don't know how much value is in that after, you know, how many freaking hours of tv i've watched in my life mm. yeah it's funny through that hundred days there there was a like I, I didn't feel as good as i thought i would be or i didn't get in as good a shape as i thought i would and i might have been taking shortcuts just to get that day of exercise in you know and it might not have been mm-hmm. it might have been like a you know a jog to the stairs and a couple of you know lengths of the stairs and a jog home for example for 20 minutes instead of a mm-hmm. you know an hour run or something like that but I think that what took a toll on me was trying to do all the, this variety of stuff and trying to figure out and plan it and figure out like, okay, well today, what am I going to do? Do I, can I go to the pool? Can I go for a run or is the weather going to cooperate or like mm. where I was missing that routine, right? Of actually just being able to. Yeah. And the body accumulates, you know, impacting fitness uh, it, it, it should have the other side of it where there's something that's more gentle and uh, restorative, and you know, mentioning qigong is uh, uh, qigong is a, a very in very very interesting practice. Oh no, the thong! I'm gonna have to go barefoot. Oh no, he broke his thong. You blew your shoe just. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like this is aggressive podcasting here tonight. He was getting all excited. He was getting in his day day of uh, fitness. Yeah. But Qigong is, uh, you know, is uh, in direct translation is energy work mm-hmm. and energy work on the vital body. Uh, and you know, my introduction into Qigong was, uh, oh, maybe in 2000, I think. Prior to that, uh, about 10 years bef- before that, I, I had some under or tried to have some understandings of Tai Chi. So Qigong and Tai Chi, you know, Tai Chi is the sort of uh, martial arts version of energy mm-hmm. and qigong could be the uh, energy work or more uh, yeah, yeah medis- medical uh, yeah. approach to it so i've studied a couple different styles of these these things and and the qigong with breathing is very interesting because uh, it helps to connect with our vital energy and then that, to actually begin to recognize that. So you can make a connection with how energy begins to function and how you can begin to uh, and maintain uh, much more um, effective or balanced energy. So it's, it's another thing that can come significantly into play. If you did Qigong for 100 days, you would notice a difference, yeah. a, a significant difference. Yeah. You know, and I, I did a 120-day challenge about four or, five, four or five years ago now on, and did Qigong two times a day for 120 days. Wow. And it made an incredible change to uh, being much more deeply aware of my body, first off, in detail and how to actually uh, relax and open the joints and so on. So if we get back to your comment, um, 
Darren, about uh, running, it's also important to op- to consider how the joints are functioning. So to open up joints, like to open up your hips and to, you know, to open up your shoulders, meaning, you know, if you can lift your hand right up over your head and how, how open your shoulders can be, how open your hips can be, then elbows and knees and wrists and ankles and so on. And when there's move, when there's uh, an ability for the mind to be able to connect to the joint, then that's where proprioception is. And proprioception is an interesting part of perception. So it means that we actually can view things. You know, we're, we're confident in our movement. We can see something and then actually go and physically do it um, without kind of not even realizing that we're not participating. And that this is a, is a pretty good a pretty good way to do it. Qigong can definitely help you to, uh, at an introductory level, uh, understand your body much, much more deeply. It seems like yoga would be very similar to it. <clears throat> yeah. Yoga is, um, you know, the, the trance is yoke or union was what yoga means. So it's, it's a connection. So connecting to yeah. and exactly the same, but just in a different way yeah. because the, the postures are, um, part of the evidence, you know, whereas Qigong, the, the movements are much more subtle, right? So if there was a blend of the, the two, yeah, you know, yeah. and we've got these opportunities now, yeah. you have to understand that these things, you know, they, they come out for, you know, they came out a very long time ago for some reason, right? Like, you know, the, so, you know, learning to meditate. Uh, so, you know, right now, you know, the, the Nepalese or Tibetans are, you know, maybe they're the world class, you know, for meditation. They say the Indians say, well, no, no, maybe we're really good at it too, you know, but the, these guys, one person learns to the next, you know, I think the, uh, the Indians helped to teach the, you know, the Nepalese, uh, you know, way back when from yoga so that they could hold the, hold the posture long enough to be able to meditate. How much does uh, fitness or physical, let's say physical fitness, mm-hmm. play in uh, in enabling you to connect with spirit or to, or to um, to sense uh, metaphysical things? Like, and I, and what what I'm thinking about is uh, Joel McMonagall, one of the uh, top remote viewers. Like, he was uh, in the Stargate program, one of mm-hmm. the top guys, one of the first guys, <clears throat> and he's still he's still around. He's a little older now, I guess. But I heard him on a podcast and. And he, he mentioned that, how, how important it was for him to stay physically fit to, in order to be able to sense, um, I guess, or to leave his body. So he, he had must to be, be quite empathic. His body yeah. to be able to leave it or feel yeah. or to, you know, to, to remote view. Well, then he, he has a very good understanding of his individual needs and what that, what those needs are. Uh, you know, I... If I let my mind um, com- completely wander in imagination, I think that everything is is connected in a similar, you know, relatively similar way. So I don't think that the, you know, how the cells how the cells work and how in, in their sort of geometry and how the the synapse in the brain begin to function. The you know it, it could be the same amount of stars. You know, I don't know, like there could be the same number of synapses or are stars or more or so on. So these concepts are um, like, how do, how do we physically um, connect with things? 
this is fathomable in many respects. But when we're connected to our own body and we have an understanding of our basic needs, you know, our basic physical needs, then, and how these can remain in balance, then we're conscious of whatever it is that we're putting in and we're conscious of whatever it is that we're putting out. So it, I would say it, it plays a significant role in the me- metaphysical part because if you're completely unaware, like if you walk into a room and how, you know, sometimes you, you say, oh, I'm really attracted to this person, but that person I don't have anything to do with and I don't even know either one, right? Uh, you know, we're, we have natural attractions. Now, however those natural attractions works, they, you know, first first part we always hear, oh, it's chemical, you know. Oh, they got good chemistry. They say everybody accepts it. You know, we kind of maybe marginalize it a little bit. They say, oh, they have good chem- chemistry. And we, you know, if, if your mom said that or your grandma said that, you go, oh, yeah, okay. You sort of know what it means. But then to, to understand now we, we we'll say the term, oh, you know, he has nice energy. And they say, well, okay, you can't quantify it yeah. in that regard. So the physical part of it, when you're saying capacity, like to be able to um, deal with something metaphysically. Like I, I watched a YouTube thing, some 94-year-old Qigong master who looks like a you know 30-year-old guy doing these martial arts movements and preparing himself for a day's worth of Qigong. You know, for myself, I do um, a little bit of energy work within, yeah, with some of, the, yeah. some of the some some of of my clients, and I find that it depends on how deeply I connect, you know, how deeply I look in or allow myself to look in. And then I do feel sometimes that whatever physica- physical um, symptom that they have, and it helps me to, to understand a little bit deeper to what that, where that comes from. So... It's all good and fine to be able to solve something, but I think it's more important to be preventative. You know, it's pretty simple if we, you know, don't screw ourselves up too much. What kind of what kind of energy work? Um, I just have a I have a, a basic sense. So you know, if it comes down to a, a discipline, it's um. Uh, it's it could be more qigong based, but I've also done some interesting trance uh, workshops. Mm-hmm. So trance work is kind of interesting as well too. Mm-hmm. So trance meaning that it's just a matter of being able to hold a place around theta or somewhere and uh, be in an observant state. And you know, to to simply explain this to people, it's it's it is based in you know. Uh, you know, the, the effect of intention and at a very uh, deep level of the body. So how we understand that is it's difficult. You know, we, we want today in my experience, in my sort of view to be blown away by evidence, you know, like that's what, you know, this, this, you know, whatever the conscious shift is now. Um, you know, we're sort of, you know, we look to conspiracy on one side or, you know, social injustice or, you know, counterculture, these things. But then on the other side, when we're looking um, at these basic aspects that have been around for thousands of years, you know, like uh, we have to consider that our brain is an evolution. And this evolution has come from my, not only my lineage, but also how I'm evolving. 
So if I'm evolving and my brain is evolving, then I have a certain responsibility to that. And this responsibility could be based in trying to be present and to not poison that too much. So I have a personal responsibility to to uh, deal with that. And that can be uh, transferable. You know, by being around people that are um, effective in whatever it is that they do, mm. then immediately there's an understanding. You know, there can be a very quick understanding and much more um, uh, thorough understanding of trying to get something done that, I, that can actually be effective, you know, for, for myself individually or, or for, for others around. How do you, how do you practice that outside of, um, of your, your training and your coaching and that type of thing, uh, yourself, like your personal spiritual practice? Um, first is I, I, I still suffer from adversities, you know, like, a, like I think everybody else doesn't and that these are part of, uh, my growth. And so to understand whatever adversity is coming up, then, um, it's to understand that. So I use meditation and meditation is a practice I do absolutely every morning. So I wake up an hour and a half before every client. So if I have a client at 7 a.m., I'm up at 5.30. And the first part of the ritual is to drink uh, a lot of water. And then I wait about 10 minutes. And then I begin my meditation. And my meditation is, is in a place in the house that's very consistent. So I have everything there that I need on occasion if I need to use a singing bowl or chime or something and to to help me to find good he's going to ring the ring the chimers <laughs> okay Oops, here we go down. here we go it's time to meditate yay gunga a gunga gunga <laughs> 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 whoa <laughs> yeah, so meditation uh, is is for sure uh, uh, a very important part I I do it with sitting on my feet and uh, sitting on your feet really yeah yeah so I don't do it with my feet crossed in front uh, and I have a, a little block that I keep under my hips and I meditate for approximately a half an hour or so, I try to uh, achieve the the deepest state that I can, and I I have certain cues that um, how my how the energy around me feels, and then whatever it is that I begin to um, connect with, you know, it's it's a higher self for sure. And uh, sometimes there's a lot of information that comes. Sometimes there's a lot of colors that come. Sometimes there's a lot of physical feelings that come. And then that helps me deal with, with whatever it is that I think I'm going to be dealing with that, that day or so on. Hmm. Yeah. What would other peers of yours think about, about that practice? Like, are they open-minded? Like, do you think that f the whole fitness regime, like the whole, you know, like you've, the whole? you've been through coaching, you've been through, like you've coached with other people, you've coached coaches, you've, you know, you're training a bunch of people. Like, is that, and I know you might not be open, like 
let's just say you everybody knew that you you practiced this spirit you had this spiritual practice you think they'd be pretty open to it um oh no i've um i've definitely lost um lost uh friends you know or you know there's been some distance but then on the other side i've also gained yeah yeah so when it comes down to this this part of um judgment uh, you know, if I'm judging, then I tend to attract that as well too. So that's a, that's a harder that you know that's that's a, that's a harder understanding for sure. The you know the fitness the fitness um, culture or industry is broad, like it is very open <laughs> in all different directions yeah, and. Yeah. You know that's re- that's a really a broad. You know when it comes to coaching or ski coaching, then the community is is pretty ridiculously small. Right, right. Yeah, right. very small. Yeah, yeah. And some of the people, you know, like uh, I've I've worked I worked with one coach uh, in you know a very good friend, and he has a more interesting perspective. He as well works as an artist. And so I think his you know he's he's exploring around the edge of this stuff. But these are personal journeys. You know, everybody is is um, at a particular place, and th- you know the the aspects of the sp- you know sort of the, the spiritual culture are this. You know, like oh, you should have seen the awakening that I had, man. You know, like this is like woo, and I'm like ah, you know, like that's so personal. Like you know, I've done um, past life regression. You know, with Dirk and and. You know this this stuff. You, you can only you, you've got to be with such a, a a refined tactician like Dirk that he he can have a he can have a sense of what you're going through. It's like being you know it's like having uh, you know in some regards like you know deep analysis account, accounting wise into your business or something. <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. the accountant understands. You know, yeah. they can go in there and dig deeply into it, and then you go, well, "You're dealing with something that's very tangible." Now you're dealing with something that's completely intangible, yeah. Yeah. and this intangibility is like, you know. It's like when there's three people in the room and two of them, two people are talking about somebody that the third person doesn't know. Right? It's it's the same thing in mm-hmm. my in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, so spiritual awakening is highly personal. It's um, uh, you know, people are people are going to crack pot, but they'll they'll crack part about your political views or the car you drive or you know or you know, shorts you wear. Guy, <laughs> intuitive man. I was almost. I thought, oh, I don't know if I know him that well, but I thought, oh, he's gonna. Yeah, there we go. And the shorts aren't that short, but I was kind of hoping for real short shorts, the way that you guys are going oh, on. I, yeah, they're just short in Darren's eyes, <laughs> and they're more snug than short. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he likes snug shorts well, I, like I'm a short, short, short guy i don't like that i'm sick of cargo shorts like flapping around below the knees and stuff oh that's a good point good yeah, point you know there shade. is that it's like you know you what are you doing you can't figure out whether you're wearing pants or not <laughs> just you know? cut them off <laughs> right up high cut them off right above the knee <laughs> i went to a golf, a golf tournament the other day and i had these 
pastel pink shorts. They're not probably more coral than pink. Coral. You're saying colors that don't <laughs> exist. Salmon. <laughs> salmon. Yeah. And salmon. Rolled, and they're rolled coral up twice. Salmon spring. <laughs> With uh, hints of fuchsia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And they were rolled up twice, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rolled up, <laughs> rolled up twice, and uh, I got the gears big time for that. <laughs> Did you? Shit, yeah. Not just for me. Oh fuck! Plumber was all over. Oh, me. was he? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. So you know, spirit spirituality, uh, from my perspective, my own perspective, is uh, just a strong connection to one. Yeah. Strong, strong connection to self and somewhere along the way there's been stuff that's been placed in between that you know making right. a living and you know the, the the fundamental grooming and conditioning that we do to kind of collectively connect with people and that can be you know that's kind of wearing like I, I have a sense that it's sort of wearing that's wearing on people yeah. today you know like yeah. how much rent you or mortgage or you know all of these aspects of money that are pretty um, demanding you know for the average man yeah. Yeah. yeah root of all evil uh, yeah for sure yeah for sure and you know if we're if our mind is going to be fashioned in an aspect so that and if that aspect is uh, more individual then maybe that's a good start for some sort of moral sense um, maybe you know that and that's highly philosophical that comment but you know if we're always being torn from our individuality, then it's pretty hard for us to get to the, a place where we can uh, more deeply understand ourselves. And these aspects of compassion or aspects of uh, even, yeah, I guess compassion would be the, the deepest part. And, you know, that can be em empathic as well, too. Hmm. Yeah. So those, th you know, that comment is something to ponder or not. You know, it could be easily dismissed. And it's no different, you know, in training. If I get back to fitness, you know, in training, it's, it's quite easy to marginalize, really marginalize mental training. You know, either you can do it or you can't. And I disagree. I think you can actually train it. But you need to know yourself and your interests. You can't, you know, like a fish can't climb a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, yeah. Like Darren can't run down the street in front of people. Bow-legged. <laughs> Bow-legged. Tight, Tight shorts. Tight shorts. Because your trainer didn't mention that. They, they say, those, everything's good. No, but those shorts are a little tight. shorts are too tight. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get your, make sure that the load is properly yeah, tied down, though. Shorts, it gets <laughs> too much wobble. so tight, they're making you run bow-legged. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's all good. The shorts have come up like four episodes in a row now. Yeah, I think we should stop it. I told him that you should see my yoga shorts. Yeah, bring them on. Bring it on, buddy. <laughs> bring it on. You'll, you'll teach my me yoga, a lesson. Yeah, my yoga shorts. <laughs> that's going to be a, like a little blog. Yeah, my yoga shorts. A <laughs> well, couple pictures. It's been uh, been a great chat. Where can our listeners track you down to uh, to get more uh, more Marty? 
Yeah, well, there are... I guess we, we do have actually quite a bit of local listeners these days, too, so... Yeah. Yeah, that um, that, that about about me, uh, slash Marty Dodd Hansen, yep. I guess it's going to go on your thingy there. Yeah, I'll link to that, yeah. Yeah, and then our company is M-2Sport. So M, M-2Sport is uh, motivation and motion. Nice. Yeah. And my partner, Car, is involved in that. She's, she's like our business person. Oh, yeah. And that's who the CD is? Yeah, that's the CD. So Which we are going to use uh, in this episode. Yeah. So Hopefully that's uh, like it. the first. Yeah. We haven't the, listened to it yet. First one. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's folky, kind of folky Canadiana. Oh, she writes goodness. all her own nice. stuff. Yeah. She's... Uh, talented in the respect of piano and guitar and uh, songwriting and uh, well I can tell by the titles that there's some pretty cool songs in there yeah and it's uh, it's all in the flavor over there is that what's going on the flavor of southern Alberta oh nice flavor yes there you go so is there anything else that uh, no I um I hey I want to really make uh, compliments to your guys effort and the, you know, the work that you're doing, I think, is, uh, uh, helps people to uh, sort of gain a permission and uh, with that as well, you know, explore some ideas. So, you know, I think it's pretty uh, groundbreaking from what I can see out there. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, free, free, free flowing, free flowing, you know, giver. Yeah, learn, learning a little bit with an open mind and no yeah. judgment and yeah, just free some flowing. judgment. Some judgment. A little we'll bit. about shorts. <laughs> 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 yeah, because yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a, 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 an interesting part of this stuff. You know, you don't have to agree with it, and it, but if it works for you, then that's great. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of different views, lots of different ways. Yeah, exactly. We're never going to figure it out if we don't have the conversation, so. No, and yeah. I've been thinking about it more lately, and <clears throat> I'll talk about this more because I've, I've been sort of honing this phrase, but. Honing? It's, it's almost like uh I don't really care That's about the answer. Phrase. I'm becoming like, I really don't care about the answer. It's like acknowledgement of, uh, of the mysteries or the phenomena or acceptance of it that is sort of becoming more important to me. And I think as a culture, if we all would accept the mystery, then the answers might come eventually. But Yeah. I heard a good statement the other day that, you know, nature is kind of spirit visual or, oh, you know, yeah. okay, and then spirit is, uh, you know, nature invisible. So I thought, I like that. You know, nature is something to uh, reconsider in this. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now. We saw him in the, he was on the pod, or they brought him in on the. Yeah, Michael Sarian. Yeah, yeah. Sarian. You know, he talks Michael a Sarian. little bit about yeah. the, uh, the an, antipathy of nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, so, you know, like you know, our sort of hatred of nature. And uh, I, I kind of agree with him in this, yeah. you know, in this regard. So. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Marty. Thank, it's nice to have you in studio and we get the face. Yeah, it seems like we finally got the in studio audio bugs worked out too. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, the audio is a lot better than it has been, so that's good. Yeah, good. With Actually, our... better than Skype. Usually, the last couple, of, the last in studio we had one was probably Skype would almost been better. Really? Eh? Yeah. Wow. No, it's been a good. And you but your mic nice etiquette. Setup. It's been exceptional. Thanks. My mic, yeah, I can hear myself deeply. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, no so Marty. The logs were laid in sequence near.
And that was our chat with uh, Marty Hansen. So was, how'd you think of that? That was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Good one. Yeah. Was it worth missing out on indoor sea city? No, it's outdoor sea city, yeah. Oh. It's still September, so. Indoors just in the winter? Yeah, that's, that's possible. Canadian sea city. We do it inside. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you've, been, you've been waiting for that one. Yeah, eh? <laughs> I had to write it down. <laughs> Uh, wrote down a few things. Yeah, I wore my five finger uh, shoes to the gym the other day. Did you? Yeah, after his barefoot inspiration, wear them to work. No, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Come on. Yeah, they're pretty comfy though. They're good. Are they? I yeah. should get out. They seem like they wouldn't be, but can you get them with webs so you could swim faster? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. That would ruin the webbed gloves and webbed toes. Yeah. Well, they do make those for swimming, though. But, do they? Yeah. That's a real thing? Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah, well, I mean, I bet you Marty knows about that. He's trained so many pro athletes on, on this stuff. No doubt. I yeah. could use some tips. We should get Marty to take us out <clears throat> skiing. Yeah, that'd be good, eh? That would. Yeah. I love ski. I like skiing. Yeah, how about that How about that regimen, eh? Meditating every morning beforehand? That's pretty... Yeah, it, eh? that's what Lisa wants to get into. Really? Like a daily meditation? Yeah, like get up when I leave for work and right. she's got an hour oh, or so before tough. the girls get right. up. And... That's the problem about getting up so early for work. Like I was thinking yeah. about that too. Is there time for exercise or meditation oh, before yeah, like work? Eric, like, like, that's oh crazy. You know, and you're getting up at five in the morning to hit the gym. Like Then you got to be in bed at nine, right? I know. So which means you're getting home from work and you got a couple hours and you're yeah. in bed. Yeah. This is just a matter of where you take your time. Where you spend it. Yeah. So, yeah, big, yeah. big thanks to Marty for coming on the show, sticking a sticker on the igloo. Yeah. Second in studio guest. Well, no, if you count the meditation one. Yeah. With and, the uh, fucking Yeti. No, and we had somebody else too, didn't we? You should have took the Yeti out to the SETI thing. It could have been the SETI Yeti. No, I took the digital recorder on. Oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't listened yet. I know. I'm, I'm looking either. forward to no, it. You can't publish anything without my approval. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'll just make a mashup <laughs> with some music in the background. Oh, maybe I'll just... <laughs> no, I'm serious. I should, okay. I'm should. i fucking going to erase it off there so you don't it's do it. too late. Too late. <clears throat> Already made copies. Yeah, so uh, of course, check out our value for value model, grammarica.ca slash support. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, send me some stories, lucid dreams, um, yeah, trip reports, UFO sightings, anything like that. Graham at grammarica.com. Yeah. Yeah, feedback. And even yeah. just to say hi, it's cool to connect with uh, our listeners. Yeah, try and review the show. It'd be great if you do it this month. Uh, no, I don't know why I haven't already. Oh, can I say something too about that? If, if sure. I get emails from people and stuff, I, I try and respond, right? Like we try, I read everything obviously, but I lose track sometimes. So yes. if it's something that I really should respond to, like just send me a reminder or something. Yeah, just don't don't feel that. free to keep sending them emails if don't he doesn't feel respond. Free. Feel don't free. feel free. Yeah. Don't feel weird about just yeah. emailing them. If he doesn't respond to you in a day, just send it again. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Sign up for the newsletter. Tell your friends. Review the show. Spam Graham. And uh, most of all, thanks for listening. Right on. We'll see you next week. Take care.
Of what? 